Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. That's right, we're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond and the new episodes when they air. Why do we do it that way? Well, you see, we were cursed by the entity known as the Wheel of Random. The Wheel of Random decreed that there's plenty of other podcasts out there that have discussed the Golden Age, that being season 1 through 10, but it cursed us to watch those episodes and at random. And when I say the Annoyed Grunt Boys, I'm talking about me, Annoyed Grunt Boy Craig, and the other Annoyed Grunt Boy... Steve. Steve, what do you got for us this week? Well, Craig, I got nothing. What's going on with you? Uh, you know, I promised to continue my dream story, but oh, you know how yeah. a lot of times when you have a dream, you forget about all the details a few hours later. It slips away from me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happened. So um ah, bummer. Let's just hmm. do this. Welcome to the wine corner. I know there's going to be some uh, wine-loving moms out there. They get their oh, Target yeah. uh, wall art that says "Coffee before wine," and I'll be doing fine. <laughs> Is it wine o'clock yet? My kids may wine, but so do I. But the first one's spelled with an H, and the second one isn't. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's coffee time until it's wine time. My pee smells like Merlot. My husband's semen may be grossed and aged, but my wine isn't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yum. I've seen that at Walmart. Or at oh, Target. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aged cum is gross. Aged wine is gross. Isn't German for <laughs> big. Big. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but, but we're talking about wine, Steve. Let's do some That's wine. Right. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, what do you got for us this week? Well, Craig, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, people like TV celebrities and their fancy lifestyles that they may lead, like buying cars and, uh, you know, just going all out with expenses like lunches and stuff. And I would call that kind of, I don't know, bougie, you could say. Mm. So that's why I have bougie wine from uh, Gamay Maison Angelot. Actually, it's it, that's what it is. It's a Gamay. So it's a red wine. The label features a fancy man, a draw. It's a very cartoony drawing, kind of like, you know, when they'd have drawings of Pee Wee Herman in the 80s. It's similar to that style of drawing. And he's in a field with some grapes and he's wearing like a, a suit kind of dressed like Paul of Tompkins. He's got his hair back. He's got a very big uh, forehead. He's got a big wine glass and he's surrounded by, uh, like I say, uh, grapes and strawberries and uh, some cherries even. And Just so like Paul of Tompkins. Exactly. He loves to be around fruit. So I'll read you the text. Jean Anthelme Brillat Saravan was born in 1755 within the Bougie wine region. So wait, did your dad know him then? I think so. Yeah, they hung okay. out. My dad thought he was a little snooty, but he knew him. He worked for him for a summer. He hated him. He got fired. My yeah, dad your, dad, your dad was older than him. Yeah, he's like this young whippersnapper is a prick. <laughs> so it's located between Lyon and Geneva. And so there is actually hey, a boot. I'd like to be between Lyon and Geneva. Natasha and Convention. It's safe there. <laughs> Uh, this Gamay from Maison Angelot is loaded with notes of strawberry and spice and is uh, thoroughly delicious before, during, and after dinner. It's a red wine. It's a Gamay, like I say. I'll give it a little swirl. Oops, spilled some on myself. Oh, no, you're wearing your cashmere white sweater. I know. I always dress up for record days, and now 
<laughs> Sweater is ruined. Uh, quick, grab the uh, soda water and salt. Oh, God, yes. Pat, pat, pat. Uh, Louie, my dry cleaner is going to be so pissed at me. Uh, don't forget to keep the ticket because you're going to lose that, you know? I know. And then, like, it's a whole deal. Yeah. <sighs> Even though you know him and your photo is on his wall. Right. And I see him every week. You go to the dry cleaner every week. That's right. He always asks me how the family is. It's a whole thing. But you don't have the ticket. So no sweater. I love that sweater, too. It's such a good sweater. It fits me perfectly. <laughs> oh, but there's um, a hole on the side. Nobody will notice. Oh, and also the, the security tag's still on it. You gotta hide that, too. <sighs> Fine. I'll just, I'm just gonna give it to the, uh, the housekeeper that I'm sleeping with. <laughs> oh, no, but your lucky red hat was stuck in the washer with it. Oh, no, no. It's pink. It's pink. <laughs> Everyone is gonna think I'm crazy. Yes, because that was a plot for a show. You wore a pink shirt, so you're crazy, which is a great episode of The Simpsons because it was a parody of those stupid sitcom tropes. Yeah, and then I get to hang out with Michael Jackson. Wait, no <laughs> one knows about that episode because I know. it's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh, man, you have to have a DVD for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the wine is really good. It, has, it does have notes of strawberry. Really easy drinking, no tannins. Really, no biffs. It's kind of a lighter. No biffs, no tannins. Nope. No sports betting may this wine do. Uh, no butthead. No, what, do you call him a butthead? Yeah. 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 This wine isn't calling me a butthead, but I'm calling it delicious. Uh, really easy drinking. Uh, maybe too easy drinking, uh, but I'm a fan of it. What have you got for us, Craig? Look in the description. We got uh, what? Uh, Lindsay Nagel's going to be part of it with Marge. And you know, horny old Craig over here mm-hmm. loves his Lindsay Nagel. So he would love nothing more than a menage a trois with Lindsay and Marge. But unfortunately, Marge, she wouldn't be into that, you know? Yeah. But who's my favorite uh, clown in the spotlight? Mm-hmm. Rusty. Rusty. What, what's, another, what's another term of like show business? Like uh, lemon light? Is that what I'm looking for? Lemon light? Limelight. Limelight. Maybe. That's why I went with menage a trois, limelight, pinot grigio. Ooh. Yes. It's crisp, elegant, and zesty, just like Lindsay and Krusty. <laughs> uh, this is a, the vintage is a 2020. It's a Pinot Grigio from California. You know, those liberal jerks. <laughs> the copy reads, uh, shine the spotlight on the refreshing citrus flavors with Menage a Troy's Limelight. This dazzling California Pinot Grigio shines bright with zesty key lime. Mouth-watering green apple flavors instead of minerality. <laughs> is that a made-up Simpsons word? Minerality. minerality it's a it's a wine word i think okay and Maybe. a crisp finish worthy of a standing ovation wow <laughs> fucking full of yourself menage croix let's call you dickheads <laughs> i hate it when like uh oh, we're the best we're so good we're so good you're gonna stand like <laughs> all right i'm gonna sit down for this you better and then if it's good i'm gonna stand up all right okay not many people know this but i i record this from a standing desk so i feel like the blood flows better when i stand when i record this podcast and you know it's classy wine when there's no cork and it's a twist off cap fancy Steve buys $30 wines. I buy $3 wines. My wine today was like $17. All right, it's me pouring it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's light, refreshing, and crispy. There's nothing like amazing about it. It's it's a Pinot Grigio. I do get this hints of apple. If you're not really a wine drinker, a white wine is always the best way to go. Um, this is going to pair well with uh, seafood. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost want this uh, as a as a uh, after after dinner wine. Oh, interesting. I think it's it's sweet enough. It's not too sweet like a Riesling, mm-hmm. but the apple hits well. I think this would be a good yeah dessert wine. Really okay. I don't know if I'd want to eat this 
I don't know if I want to drink this with with my meal. It'd be too distracting, you think? I think pork chops would be good with the meal. Mm -hmm. A piece of fish, I'm not sure. It depends on how your fish is prepared. Yeah. Because I think it is very apple-y. Interesting. It's it's borderline cidery. Wow. I'm digging it, but I'm not digging on it. Right. I think you don't hate it. No, I don't. No, I don't hate it at all. It's a fairly uh, inexpensive wine. Things like I bought it for like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, you couldn't you couldn't uh, go through like a whole. I mean, yeah, you're sharing the bottle. I think it's fine, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's best summertime, maybe a fall. Which we're yeah, we're in the fall season, right? Yeah, I, yeah. It's, a, it's a good it's a good fall drink. Very light, crisp, refreshing. Yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a uh, yes. Give okay. it a go. It seems like a good wine for like it's a Thursday night and you're having like, you know, a nice dinner with your significant other. It's not like an event night, but you're just want to have a nice dinner yep. and enjoy some wine. You know what else would be good with hmm. taking this wine? You don't want it to overpower anything. It's not going to overpower your meals That's or good. the experience you're having. They say, take this bottle of wine to a movie theater. A movie theater, you say, Craig? I do say movie theater. It's <laughs> the worst segment. <laughs> Who brings a bottle of wine to a movie theater? I'm just trying to figure out how to segue. Yeah. I can see myself bringing a bottle of wine to a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. um, I can see you and I taking two <laughs> bottles of vodka to a movie theater. Sure. <laughs> which has happened. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take this bottle of wine to the theater, and we're going to see the number one movie in the box office, Steve. What is it? Well, Craig, people are getting their scare on because the number one movie in the box office is Halloween Ends. Oh, as adults, don't we wish? Yes. I don't know if I just did that. Uh, this is the third, but really the 45th movie yeah. of the Halloween franchise. So this one ends the current trilogy or whatever of like Halloween kills and Halloween ends, I think. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween kills and ends. I I swear I watched the f- first pseudo remake sequel with Jamie Lee Curtis, the one that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like I watched it, but I don't know if I did. Huh. I lo- I mean, I've seen the first Halloween, like the, the original one. Right. But I've never followed up with like the sequels. You know, I'm this, in the same boat. I, I like the original Halloween, but it was never my favorite of the slasher kind of 80s uh, series. So I never really followed up either. But uh, I know people have a lot of strong opinions about Halloween and uh, the newest iteration is not so popular. I don't feel like. Yeah, I, I have no idea because didn't uh, Rob Schneider take a stab with them? I'm not Rob Schneider, but <laughs> Rob Zombie. Yes, because he did like a remake. What I will say for this, it's kind of amazing because it was a day to theater streaming, so you could watch it on Peacock. It's true, and then also go to the theater to it. But the fact that it made like I don't know how much it made, but like that's the number one movie. But also you can still stream it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool because I think horror movies in general should be a shared experience. Oh, I'm not a big horror guy. We've yeah. talked about it before. We're not really horror people. Right. But a horror movie in a the theater is a really great experience. It is. Uh, but there's horror... also something really nice about sitting at home with like a loved one, turning out all the lights and having popcorn and getting scared yes. together. But, you know, when you leave the movies, you don't want to talk about the movie. You want to blast some tunes. So uh, Craig, what was the number one song on the uh, on the charts this week? Same song as it ever was, do you? Oh, boy. Same as it ever was. It's uh, what I say to you when you're walking down the street and your shoes are untied. <laughs> I point to them and say, Steve, 
Lacey. Uh oh, looks like I have a wardrobe malfunction. That's more like a bad habit. Oh, yeah. That's why we have Steve Lacey with bad habit. Uh, let's just uh, see what these lyrics say this week. Now that you're back, I can decide If I decide if you're invited You always knew the way to wow me Fuck around, get tongue-tied it Did he just, like, <laughs> pause in the middle of the song Or, like, they recorded it And it was, like, during the pandemic And, like, uh, we need to record a line here real quick uh, And that was it Yeah, I like that the, the song is so boring That the music left halfway through <laughs> yeah, it was like Ah, fuck this. This is annoying. Yeah, I'm Let's out. Go <laughs> and that's our review. There you go. It's a review of that song that we reviewed. All right, Steve. Uh, I like reviewing things that uh, I can see and not hear. Me too. But also, I like to review things that we can see and hear. Oh, yeah. That's why we're talking about uh, The Simpsons. Uh, season 34, episode four, The King of Nice. What happens, Craig? Uh, well, Marge is hired as a segment producer on Krusty's new daytime talk show, but soon discovers what an endless nightmare it is. Wow. Yeah. Steve, hmm. let's get into a good habit. Watch this episode and then talk about it. And that's what we do. That's what we do on the show. Then we go. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like a good idea, Craig. I All like right. it. Okay, cool. Um, Mr. Steve, not Lacey. Hmm? We'll be right back. Is biscuits is gravy back? And we are back. Today we're talking about The King of Nice. It's the fourth episode of the 34th season. Originally aired October 16th, 2022. It is episode number 732 in the show's run. Your nerd code is UABF20, written by Jessica Conrad, directed by Debbie Bruce Mahan. Your showrunners are Al Jean and Matt Selman. That's right. Jessica Conrad. We just spoke about her two weeks ago because she wrote One Angry Lisa. You know, she's also a writer on SNL, Anti-Tribeca, Stand Against Evil. She's gotten uh, four Emmy nominations for her work on SNL, and two of which she's won. Good job, Jessica. Yes. Now, we weren't so hot on that episode, so I wonder how we'll feel about this one. Uh, I guess we should watch it. Oh, we already did it. Or, yeah. Is that how that works? No, I think technically, wait, we just watched it. Yeah, that's or, right. Or, no, we are watching it as it airs. Is that, is that how we perceive this podcast goes? Yeah, I think so. Because in the intro, we haven't watched it yet. Right. And then we watch it and us watching it is this. And now. it's describing everything that we're seeing. Right. So the that's people, the listeners either don't need to watch the episode or can remember what happened. Yeah. Our show serves a purpose. I think it'd be a lot easier if we just uh, just talked about it for like 10 minutes and then just had fun, jokey jokes. Yeah, I mean, that would be a lot easier, but I mean, that's what we want to do. But I think our listeners like uh, our structure. Yeah. Do you like our structure? Tweet at us. Or don't. Which, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's up to you. We're bad at social media. If we had money, we would have a social media manager. I think that'd be the first thing we'd hire. Yeah. I'm fine with editing the podcast. Yeah, and I don't mind doing notes and yeah. you know doing research. Social That's the media. only thing we want is social media. Someone to do tweeters and TikTokers and shit-tickers. Uh, and true socialing for us. Yeah. Where's our parlor per people at? Maybe one of our listeners out there just volunteer their services. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
And, and we won't even vet the social media manager. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We have no reputation. So what? Are you, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen, right? Oh, those annoying turn boys. The racist homophobes. Who really sexist. Like homophobes. Sexist. Yes. Yeah, that's right. What else and is there bad? Uh, racism, sexism, homophobia. Uh, they really like Fortnite. They like killing dogs more than uh, Lauren Bobart. Or Ted Cruz. Or Dr. Oz. Wow, there's a trend. Yeah, Republicans love to kill dogs. Not a political podcast, but they do. Hey, on the Noi Grand Boys, we're fine with your pooch. Mm -hmm. That means dog, Steve. That sounded really weird. And you know what? I thought we were okay with their like little little belly there. Yeah, which we we are also okay with. Yeah, ours ours isn't that little anymore, Steve. That's true. It's more (laughs) of a pouch. Yeah. Hey, we also have uh, fake badges to show that uh, (laughs) we have authority in podcasting. Simpsons podcasting, yeah, yeah, we have that's right. We have whistles too. Let's say badges. We don't need no stinking <laughs> badges. Uh, he's still gonna win. Let's <laughs> get off know. politics, Steve. No one likes politics talk. Alrighty, so our episode begins as it always does in the offices of CAA. That's the Clown Artist Agency. <laughs> Krusty. The clown's uh, booking agent, Rob Rabinowitz, is reassuring his client that his recent job is a good one. But Krusty isn't so sure that entertaining kids at Kelly Clarkson's housewarming is up to his caliber. Mr. Rabinowitz uh, blames Krusty for losing all of his money on NFTs. That's non-funny TV shows. Krusty then pays the bills on Cameo. He sends a video to young Jacob, whose father couldn't make it to his bar mitzvah. Krusty's uh, going Cameo rate drops from $22 to $19, and then, sadly, to $14. Do you think that uh, that Jacob is the young Jacob that uh, Vanessa Bear would play on SNL? Oh, yeah, the bar mitzvah kid. I think you might be right. <laughs> hey, because uh, the writer of this episode, Jessica, wrote on SNL. So maybe maybe that was her uh, nod to uh, Jacob. Oh, that's that's a very sweet Vanessa thing that Bear. I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Also, I like how Krusty's rate was originally $22, which is like probably one of the lowest. Yeah. And it keeps dropping. I haven't been on Cameo in a minute, but yeah, like people you've never heard of or wish you never heard of are going for at least $50. You know, I was thinking like, you know, how come Yardley or uh, Nancy, Hank or Dan, why aren't they on Cameo? And I bet the reason is because they would never not stop doing Cameos. Their Cameos could be $500 and they would keep getting them like every second. Oh, yeah. So that's probably a reason why they're not doing it like that. And they're, I think they're getting paid pretty well, not having yeah. to do cameos. <laughs> I think so. But just to give you some idea, Jeremy Piven, $350. Uh, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue fame, $599.99. Which I also believe he has an OnlyFans too. <laughs> that is funny. So even ca- a squirrel, I know you're a fan. There's an Eastern gray squirrel named Thumbelina, <laughs> and their going rate is uh, $49.99. the hell is a squirrel going to do? Well, I'm is it a person now. dressed up as a squirrel? Nope. It's a squirrel in a box. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> Steve, we could probably do cameos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if... Uh say ben bailey of uh cash cap fame can charge 160 bucks i think we can do that no no one would want our cameos arlo guthrie that's interesting yeah how many like cameos does he do for thanksgiving oh probably a ton and that's it (laughs) yeah it just takes it actually doesn't do that many because they take about 18 minutes (laughs) it's a very long song (laughs) anywho (laughs) 
Krusty then arrives at Affluent Acres, the home of the American Idol star, where he meets a familiar face who gives him a new direction in his career. Thank you so much for doing this, Krusty. Kelly really appreciates it. And the children are all huge fans. Right, kids? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, we love you, Crisco. Uh, uh, what's that Kelly Clarkson got that I don't? We all won singing contests 20 years ago. Uh, where's my infinity toilet? Oh, that toilet isn't from American Idol money. You're looking at daytime syndicated talk show wealth. See those mega mansions? Well, they belong to the superstars of daytime TV. Rachel Ray, hey, hey. Wendy Williams, hey, hey. and that jerk Dr. Phil. Ugh. All bought and paid for with syndicated mega bucks. I see something in you, Krusty. I was gonna put it back. You have daytime chops. There's always a place on TV for a Regis, a cranky but lovable sexless grandpa. Uh, the concept of an infinity toilet is the worst <laughs> I concept I think I've ever heard of. Yeah. I like I've how, had like, infinity toilets by accident. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Frightening. I'm always afraid the hotel I've been staying in is going to be an infinity toilet after I have dinner. Oh, yeah. I'm always nervous during in hotels, toilets, because there's never a plunger. Right. And you don't want to be that person that calls down and be like, hey, uh, can I get a plunger? <laughs> Steve, you worked in the hotels. Why isn't there a plunger in every room? You know, I, I never worked in the plunger department, but I don't know. It seems like a cheap enough expense, but I, I think that it's just one of those things that people would steal for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. What was the uh, weirdest thing in your years of working in a hotel that people stole? Um, well, I mean, you had your normal stuff like a TV. <laughs> um, but like they could literally just like charge your card. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you stole. And back when you worked in hotels, they were like 27 inch like CRT TVs. Yes. And they were often bolted to the yeah. to the cabinet because um, they, and they were very heavy. I literally yeah. got a hernia because I used to because uh, one of the hotels that I worked at when I was like 18 had 43 rooms and 41 working TVs. So that meant that there were two rooms that didn't have TVs. So if somebody rented a room, we'd have to move one TV to another place. Mm. And it was a two story hotel with no uh, elevator. And so I would schlep TVs up and down the stairs and probably not using the best practices. No. But yeah, I don't like hotels. No. Motels are fine, but hotels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holiday inns. That's where it's at. Like no one stole like a drawer. I a don't shower, think like, so. a, 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 like what about like a, a closet, like a shower rod or like that? That would. Yeah, that would go missing all the time. Not the curtain, but the rod, the rod. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what people do with them, but yeah. I mean, obviously, like the complimentary uh, like coffee pots or hair dryers. Those probably. Yeah. Towels and uh, the robes and stuff like that. But what was the most uh, obscure thing that uh, people left behind? I mean, sex toys were always interesting. Yeah, but I feel like people probably were felt guilty and like they couldn't take that back with them. Right? Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, 14, my family worked at a motel that was not the best motel, but somebody left a VCR. Okay. And something in my VC in my 14 year old brain told me there's a tape in there. There's going to be porn. Well, of course. And sure enough, <gasps> there was. <laughs> And it was straight porn, so I won. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was afraid it was going to be like some weird, like, uh, uh, what's the snuff films? Is that what they're oh, called? Yeah. Like, where there's like evil shit going, like, you know, like murdering and stuff like that? Yep. It was just your uh, pretty standard, vivid entertainment, like, oh, okay. uh, nice weird, like, medieval themed medieval porn with like bodices and knights <laughs> and stuff. Right. God, because you, like, you, you had to bring like a VCR. 
Yeah. You know, it's not too much different because I'll take a Roku or like a Amazon Fire Stick to a mm-hmm. hotel room to like watch stuff on like Netflix or Prime or Disney Plus. Of course. Because even the like TVs and hotels, it's still like, you know, your standard cable and yeah, half the channels are missing. A lot of hotels now have Netflix built in. Well, I don't stay in, in, in three star hotels, Steve. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Is that why you prefer like Airbnbs these days? Like you just like don't want because you know exactly everything that goes on in like motels and hotels. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'll still stay in a hotel, but they always kind of bum me out because I just know that the room that I stayed in, some dirtbag is probably ejaculated somewhere, anywhere, all over the place. You never know. I had a disturb, not that disturbing, but this weekend, the first day I opened the sheets, there was two long black hairs. Mm. It's like, obviously not my hair. I don't have black hair. Yeah. But my anyway. mama always told me it's better to find two long black hairs than two short, <laughs> two short curly hair. ones. But also, like, I'm worried, like, do they change the sheets? Because oh, I know, like, when I stay in hotels, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the maids don't change the sheets if you're staying in those rooms. Like, they'll just make the bed. They're not going to change out the sheets. Yeah. Um. Every hotel that I've worked at, they change out the sheets after everybody checks out. Right. But, yeah. And if you, you can request, I think. Right. But there's a trend now to, quote, unquote, save resources. Yeah. Um, to not have any housekeeping service until you're done. Or you, like... you request it. Yeah. We did that in, when we were in uh, California. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're staying in a hotel for like uh, a couple of days. And it was like one day. I was like, all right, I, I need service. So you had to request yeah. it. Which I think is kind of nice because, you know, a lot of times they just like want to get that cleaned up or, you know, do the rooms. And I, I, I appreciate Because how, how many times do you like turn down your own bed, right? Right. And towels like, yeah, I could. Although it's weird. Like my normal towel at home dries the next day i use it but then the next day i try to use the towel that i had drying in the ho- hotel it's like still damp yeah it's because it's too new <laughs> like oh yeah there's a thing about towels that you know gross not gross towels but used towels that have been washed and like have some of their like freshness used up are actually better towels because like new towels like when you dry yourself off you're not getting dry no you're there's just a the towel wet there was that curb your enthusiasm episode all about that yeah exactly like, like larry had like ratty towels or like strings are dangling mm-hmm. that's a good towel for me i agree i love a ratty towel how many times what? do you use a towel before you wash it there's a great married with children episode where al is like or peg was like trying to wash the towels and al was like uh why do you wash the towels when I come out of the shower? I'm supposed to be clean. So why do you need to wash towels? Yeah. Uh, but I do it uh, at least once a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think probably about three times my. Yeah. It's it's around there. I, I know my towels going through the wash frequently. Yeah. But I'm not like a one and done. No. I'm not that affluent. Oh, no. You can't afford that. Like, that's the only thing I would. If, you know, we were millionaires, I would buy 365 pairs of underwear and socks. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, if I'm that rich, I'm not going to wear underwear. Who needs underwear <laughs> when you're rich? That's right. Rich people probably have like built in sock shoes where you don't need socks at all. That's right. And they probably have fancy diapers that they wear. Yeah. Where the pee pee and poo poo like absorb into your body and become uh, nutrients or something like that. Yeah. You know, like those, like the still suits from uh, Dune. Or like yeah. you piss and shit in them and like, oh, no, they just go back into your body and, and make your hair shiny and your teeth white. Yeah. Eyes blue. Open hearts can't lose. 
what an interesting path we went on. Uh, we there was a clip of The Simpsons, and then uh, we talked about the uh, hotels. Oh. Uh, <laughs> was there anything else in that clip? Uh, Kelly Clarkson, the uh, Infinity po- uh, Toilet. That's that's how it started, right? Yeah. Um, I like that Doctor Phil's jerk to everybody, and that his house looks like him. <laughs> I like how yeah, she just named people, and they're just like adding that jerk, Doctor Phil. Yeah. It's you know we're all known to uh, no one likes Doctor Phil. Yeah. Um. Oprah's like unleashed some evil into the world with her doctors. Yeah, her doctors, Oz and Phil. Yeah. Hucksters. That's all they're, they're snake oil salesmen. And so she's part of that. She's a snake oil salesperson herself. That's true. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Come at me, Oprah stands. Yeah. You know what, Oprah? We're not voting for you for president ever. Nope. Now, Stedman, you take uh why don't you take a clue out of uh Hugh Hefner's book and put somebody else on your magazine cover? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we probably shouldn't bring up Hugh Hefner either. He's, oh, yeah, he's okay. a monster. I mean, we all kind of figured he was, but then even after his death, like, yeah, we can talk about how shitty he was. Yeah, that is his clubs for sex were bad. Wow. <laughs> but I thought it was about female empowerment, Steve. Sure. Yeah, airbrushing is super feminist. All right. Uh, we'll go back to the episode of The Simpsons that we're supposed to be discussing, which is uh, this one. Um, Speaking of cranky but lovable sexless grandpas. Krusty the Clown. Mm-hmm. All right. So Lindsay Nagel hands Krusty her card, which illustrates that uh, she's a daytime producer at large. And then I like how there's a uh, parentheses of this week. Nice inside joke of like she's, you know, her job is something different all the time. Yeah. Uh, so she has Krusty a uh, real test to pr- prove uh, his daytime chops. So she's given the task to dance in front of a group of moms, right? Mm-hmm. So Krusty wants to maintain his dignity. But uh, when he gets a- another cameo request to make up a rap about Bryson getting braces tightened, um, <laughs> he kind of reconsiders. So he takes a swig of whiskey and then awkwardly begins to move. And then we get Flo Rider's Low Plane, which I feel like we've heard that song so many times on this podcast. Yeah. Because it was like a number one hit all the time, right? Yeah, it was. And it was the only song in this episode, too. Yeah, which is your intro song. You're welcome, yeah. America. Yeah. So Cressy gets into the groove to get those moms dancing. He's just kind of doing like not really dance moves, just shaking his arms and hips. So Lindsay witnesses this. And when she's looking at the moms, they turn into bags of money. And uh, Cressy also turns into a dollar sign. So meanwhile, at the uh, Pet Max pet store, Lisa and Bart run around happily as Marge is led by an eager Santa's little helper. Homer's impatient and frustrated by being surrounded by food that he can't eat. Food such as... Muttmouth. Pupper's Supper. Nature's Attempt. Soylent Fetch. Growly's Griblets. Purple Bison. Barking Mad. Jimmy Kibbles. Anxiety Alpo. <laughs> uh, Pile of Pellets. Nectar of the Dogs. Charina Despair. And Dr. Hush's Calm Down Beef. I do I like love- the Jimmy Kibbles. <laughs> yeah. I also like Dr. Hush's Calm Down Beef. Yeah. That seems like something like that Jimmy Kimball would do. Like, I could definitely see him. I don't know how he feels about pets, but I could definitely see him having a line of dog food. We know where he feels politically because he's very political. That's true. Alienates when you know, like half of the country because of his politics. Yeah, because they're so bold and weird. <laughs> he wants health care for a sick child. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> Dickhead. Thank God our, our boy Ted Cruz beat him with that one basketball challenge a few years ago. Yeah. Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh, he's going to be a guest on the podcast next week. I forgot to tell you. Oh, boy. Yes, we have to talk uh, good things about him. Uh, yeah. His, oh, uh, we already talked about him killing dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> or yeah. attempted murder of his dog. Yeah, so can't even do that, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. He didn't do that. He's saved. He's a savior. He's great. Uh, fuck it. I hope his kids listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they hate him more than we hate him. <laughs> 
Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I forgot to bring this up how I always find it jarring. I don't know if jarring is the right word, but it's always weird when a Simpsons episode starts without an actual Simpsons character. It is like a little weird. Coming into like our first beat where we're like already like a couple minutes in where we finally get to see the family of Simpsons. It's true. Because we had no title gag. We had no couch gag. You know, it just started straight. There was no, you know. Yeah, it was a cold I did, open. I didn't get to see a Homer or a Bart, a Lisa or a Maggie or eh, March 2. Right. And it, it's confusing because like, what are we watching? Are we watching the Rabinowitzes? We're watching and I, the Simpsons. And I felt like, oh, is this going to be like almost like a road to Cincinnati type of episode where like the Simpsons are not in it. But we, mm-hmm. we, we knew we knew going in March was going to be it was a March story. So, right. Yeah. Just a interesting setup. You know, no it is a, this episode is uh, structured very interestingly, I'd say. Right. Right. All right, so Marge considers the uh, grain-free virus grainful food. So Bart and Lisa come running up to her. Bart also wants a gecko, and then Lisa wants a guinea pig. Doesn't she have one? Or uh, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, she has she a hamster. Many. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Homer suggests they get both and then put them in a cage and wait to see what happens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that guinea pig uh, will be eaten like gecko. Yeah, I think so. Marge checks uh, her to-do list, which has her getting a flea check for Santa's little helper, a flea check for Homer trip to the grocery store and then a trip to the bulks grocery store and then a special trip to the vegan grocery store for lisa <laughs> well, that's, that's like you know that's it. a pretty good yeah that's a carry mom like i i've done that before mm-hmm. uh, you know i'll go to i'll go to like uh like a kroger but then oh i need to go to the safeway because they have better seafood selection or i need to go to like one of the bulk uh bulk stores like no one really knows about winco stores yeah. unless you're from washington idaho it's Nevada, funny that you mentioned Oregon, California, California. No, yeah. Co- Colorado. No, it's not Colorado. California. Yeah. yeah. Washington, Idaho, Nevada, Colorado, Oregon. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Winco because there's kind of a viral TikTok video going around <laughs> about this woman who moved from New York to Oregon and she went to Winco for the first time and she was blown away by how fancy it was. <laughs> what? She like saw the like the tubs of bulk. Like candy oh, okay. And it's not all fancy. The, and all the fun, exotic, uh, frozen things, which are basically just, you know, Mexican products, like uh, paletas and stuff like that. And the aisles were so big. And she's like talking about it was like this glorious, decadent thing. But Winco to me is just Cub Foods. It's just yeah. normal. And yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, the, like the frozen section could get actually like cow tongue and liver and like mm-hmm. a lot of like exotic, not exotic mix, but like things you don't see at your local like Safeways or Kroger. Well, I guess everything's going to be Kroger now when Kroger buys Albertsons and Safeway. Yeah. I um, know. Yeah. For Winco for me, was it's, it's very cost effective. Um, yeah. Sometimes the clientele could be the less than not a little bit of being snooty. Uh, no, um, and I was sometimes say, I it, would... it kind of smells like spoiled milk. Um, no, that's yeah. Albertsons. Albertsons always smells like spoiled milk for some reason. Albertsons, Albertsons to me always seems gross. Like, every, yeah, the floors are always any Albertsons I go into, the floors are always just dirty. Albertsons always seems like a bummer to me, like a bleak, yeah. like, like it's sad. Like, Winco it's stuck in the I, 80s, it really is. And you just feel like bummed out. Like, Winco's yeah. better than than Albertsons. Yeah, I would love to shop at a Winco more frequently, but they're always in locations that are. Uh, hmm, I don't want to be snooty either. Yeah, but they're always so busy too. That's another. Thing. Yeah, that's another always... reason they're always packed. But the best thing about Winco Foods in our area is that it's employee owned and operated. That's true. There's, there's no corporate overlords. Yeah, they're a great company. This episode is sponsored by Winco. <laughs> Winco oh. and not hotels. <laughs> 
but they're but I feel like also like that store their their variety for like vegan like type of options isn't that or you know like a lot of like dietary right, yeah. based options isn't that um, well curated that's true yeah i mean they probably still have like like the same garden burger varieties that you know you could get in like 2002 but in a 7-eleven yeah yeah but still they're a good store and they provide a good service for like like you know cl- things that are close to food deserts in the town like it's a good spot this really does sound like a commercial <laughs> Uh, back at the food store, uh, all of this, uh, all the food and all the kids and everything is overwhelming Marge. And she has a little bit of an anxiety attack in the store. So she looks to a bag of refined canine dog food where the uh, canine model asked if this is how Marge imagined her life. And so after the spokes dog admits to licking his own little butt, uh, Marge is tapped on the shoulder by a woman inviting her to participate in a focus group. Marge eagerly agrees and tells Homer to pick a food, any food. Marge then goes to a room led by Focus Group Incorporated, where people with too much free time make decisions for everyone else. Inside, Lindsay leads a focus group consisting of Marge, Julio, Helen Lovejoy, Bernice Hibbert, and that Lamb of God herself, Agnes Skinner. There are no wrong answers, so Helen suggests recipes. Uh, Bernice adds air fryer recipes, while Julio wants uh, celebrities, and Agnes wants something with vacuums. In the store, Lisa and Bart are uh, bone fighting, like, you know, with a a bone for the dog. Mm -hmm. Which don't give bones to dogs, real bones. (laughs) And they're also wearing an anti-coyote dog vest. Homer also wonders if a shiny coat or liver support are more important. And then in this clip, Helen doesn't bring much to the focus group table, but uh, Marge happens to have an idea or two. Hats? What about hats, Helen? Maybe babies wearing hats. And it's a whole baby hat fashion show. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. there you go. That's not bad. And you know how there are just too many dog food options these days? What if you brought out Instagram dogs and had them do a taste test? Wow, well that's really good. What other ideas do you have? Candle unboxing and sniffing. Celebrities read nice tweets about other celebrities. Unexpected jack-o'-lanterns. Funny bed-making fails. And tweens explain TikToks to carpool moms. You're a natural. You've got nice ideas coming out the wazoo. You know, I'm in the market for a new segment producer. You are? Will you excuse me for a second? Jerry, you're fired. I'm... I'm free. What's an unexpected jack-o'-lantern? Um, you know, comes a time in every young boy's <laughs> life. No, um, I don't know. Is it maybe like uh, you see a rotting green pepper and it has a face? That's possible. Or maybe like uh, somebody pulls up to their house like in October and they didn't they live when they went to work that day. No jack lanterns. But this, this <laughs> crew like constructs like things of their like maybe their favorite uh, their favorite show is Succession. So uh, the show can like make a, a jack lantern for each character. Like you could have Sarah Snook and uh, that old guy who was on The Simpsons carve jack-o'-lanterns in their likeness so when they arrive home they get some unexpected jack-o'-lanterns brian cox you're thinking there it of is, brian yeah. cox yeah brian cox jeremy strong cameron from ferris bueller's day off all the people in succession the colkin kid and the colkin kid he can be jacking off in that uh pumpkin danny oh. mcbride john goodman edie patterson wait that's the other succession show sorry yeah uh, i meant matt smith the other people from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's the others. Is HBO just making successions shows? 
Yeah, pretty much. Because there's another one. There's a British one that's literally <laughs> like that. Yeah. OG Game of Thrones was all about kind of succession. You that's know? true. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It all started with Arliss. <laughs> I mean, Sopranos kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sex in the City. Who has sleeps with more guys? Is that I'm assuming that's the plot of the show. Yeah. Game of Thrones, more like a game of beds. Uh, what HBO shows are just like succession. Uh, Entourage, like who's got more power in Hollywood? Yeah, uh, Dream On. <laughs> he was dreaming of, you know, having sex a lot. Real sex 14 through 17. Yeah, that, those were the whole uh, dragon series where <laughs> people would be dragging their ass over other people. And remember like a few years ago when uh, HBO bought the rights to Sesame Street? Wow, those HBO Sesame Street episodes very much like succession oh yeah after the first season they like chopped off big bird's head yeah put it on a pike it was weird who knew bert had a huge hog by the way yeah a lot of bird seed there um and when ernie was fucking uh, <laughs> uh fucking oscar the grouch that was a weird twist and then that weird scene where like the snuffleupagus like uses his fire breath that burns down the house and then like yeah you see you see a naked elmo holding like snuffleupagus eggs i'm the mother of dragons <laughs> tickle me they taught about colors in the red wedding <laughs> the only color that matters red. yeah <laughs> still a good show yeah still great <laughs> So uh, Marge considers uh, the job offer, but feels that she should uh, consult with the family first. She then checks her uh, phone and finds 105 mixed text messages, including Homer uh, asking which kid goes in the baby seat, Lisa wondering if God is real, and Bart requesting his blood type, as well as Maggie uh, typing to let her mother know that she <laughs> learned to text, spelled L-E-R-N-E-D-T-0-T-E-X-T. Uh, so, first question, who, yeah. who gave Maggie a phone? It's true. Like she has her own line because it was her. So she also <laughs> which, which she how to actually, buy a phone. Yeah. So Marge also has Maggie programmed in her phone. That's true. Because if you're you're texting for the first, you know, on a unknown number, not, the name's not going to show up. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Bart um, blood type. So he must have gotten an accident. Right. And I think that I didn't do the research, but there is an episode where Mama where he asks and Marge knows. It's an early late. It's a classic episode. Um, you, you didn't put that in the notes. I Get know. Fired. Sorry. I, I let everybody down. I'm, I'm thinking about not making you uh, come to work next week. Free. <laughs> I, I, I'm free. Or I'll make you do something else. Uh, fine. Okay. Uh, but to answer Lisa's question, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just said no. <laughs> well, Steve, I always wondered what if God was one of us? Like a slob among us trying to make his way home. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Nobody does, except for Joan Osborne. Um, and her <laughs> Ozzy's <dad> sister? <laughs> That's right. I legit, when I was a kid, I thought they were related. That makes sense. I thought, like, you know, oh, he's all about the devil and Satan, and she was all about God and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like were, but uh, as we know, I'd rather be an Ozzy than a God-fearing man. What? Yeah. Although he's kind of God-fearing. Well, not God-fearing, but... I mean, he'll meet God soon enough. Assuming there is one, but sure, it probably isn't. Uh, I met him a few weeks ago, Steve. Don't you remember? I almost died. Oh, that's right. I thought you meant Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> that's what I meant, too. I met God. He had five fingers and was voiced by Harry Shear. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see his face. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Hopefully it was white, though, because I don't want God to be misappropriating his race. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, but the way you say it... <laughs> Sure hope God's white. Doesn't sound great. <laughs> I meant 
Because Harry Shearer, who does the voice of God on The Simpsons, is white. Right. Yeah. And a few years ago, as we know, right, they were not. Yeah. Yes. You, like Hank Azaria can't play a poo anymore because he's not Indian. That was what I was going for, Steve. I, I know. I just want to clarify for our listeners so we don't assume that. <laughs> Jesus, what? <laughs> oh, man. Someone's going to be like, listen to it and then stop the recording. Like, I knew it. I knew these guys are racist. <laughs> Jesus. No, I meant this is a Simpsons podcast. They they know that, right? Yeah, we're cool. Hank, uh, uh, Harry Shear does does the God voice. Yeah. Oh, boy. Just because uh, he's a better tone. Milo, can you cut this out? <laughs> so uh, Marge accepts a job. And as she leaves the building, the newly fired Jerry gives her a warning. No one makes it out of these shows unchanged. But Marge isn't worried, as she's not much of a changer. Jerry goes on to warn her that she can keep her job, or she can keep her soul, but she can't keep both. Also, when you return in your receipts, you gotta break them down between dining and mileage, or you'll wait the reimbursements forever. So let's go to our second act, all right? Alrighty. It begins like every second act at the Viacom Studios, a division of Warmer Brothers. <laughs> Marge is impressed by both the hustle and the bustle of the TV show production. They walk by Krusty's dressing room, where the clown prince of Channel 6 is receiving his new hip and more relatable makeover with a stylish quaff of hair, a sports coat over a sweater, and a pair of sneakers to complete the look of formal casual comfort. Hmm, kind of looks like uh, Ellen DeGeneres. A little bit, and uh, yeah. This is clearly a parody of Ellen DeGeneres and her show and how she's kind of a horrible person in case. Or, I mean, or is yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, we'll get there, but it is in a way like in, in general. I mean, I mean, I guess. Oh, yeah. We haven't watched the whole episode yet, but this is where we're going. Yeah. So Lindsay takes Marge to her desk and shows her the board where she can pin all of her brilliant segment ideas. Marge must always be coming up with segments as Lindsay explains a daytime talk show without fun and interesting uh, segments is like uh... she then asks a PA to finish her metaphor, which is actually a simile. Uh, <laughs> the young gopher is at a loss for words, so Miss Nagel tells him to get a baked potato to throw at his head. The assistant runs in fear and Lindsay leaves Marge to get to work. A replacement production assistant arrives to get Marge's lunch order. Marge declines uh, as the kids have already packed her a special treat for her first day. She digs through the brown paper bag and finds a note that reads, Good luck, Mom. We love you. And then she dumps the contents of the bag, which consists of a rotten apple, half a personal bag of potato chips, a roll of cookie dough, <laughs> and a can of beef broth. Can we just stop right there? Like, yeah. How would Lisa be part of that? Like, that's nothing <laughs> right. Lisa would put. It's like almost like Homer and Bart did that. Right. And I'm thinking that if Homer did it, it's actually very sweet. Yes. Because he was like, oh, Marge needs fruit. And he's too dumb to realize that the, the apple is rotten. Right. But he wanted to give her a treat. And so he gave her the cookie dough. And then, you know, he probably had the full bag of chips, but he had a couple because he's Homer. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, she needs uh, something more complete. She needs soup. And beef <laughs> broth is basically soup. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of sweet. Uh, yeah, I think it was Homer that put it together. Yeah. So Marge reconsiders and offers to buy lunch for the PA as well. And we learn that to make it much simpler for all the producers, all PAs are named Jordan. Do we want to go through some of Marge's ideas? Yeah, sure. All righty. We got unlikely animal frenemies. We got hunky plant daddies. We've got a baby animal obstacle course. <laughs> Bonnie raid. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Uh, PTA meeting drinking games. Golf cart lip sync. 
oven cleaning reveals and new uses for pumpkin spice. <laughs> I like mm. how it's just like Bonnie rate. Yeah, <laughs> like, that doesn't bring her on. Most I, of my knowledge of Bonnie rate is truth, like from like the Tonight Show in like <laughs> 1993. <laughs> I mean, PTA beating drinking games is kind of funny. Yeah. And the golf cart lip sync is very much of a James Corden. Yeah. The, his thing that he does. <laughs> like oven cleaning reveals like <laughs> it's clean. Ta-da. But the new uses for pumpkin spice, which I think pumpkin spice is just cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, mace, uh, ginger. I think that's cardamom. it. Cardamom. Yeah. Cardamom. Cardamom, ginger. Yeah. Um, I like to add a little black pepper, too. But that's just me. Apparently, I only like to add white pepper. <laughs> Sounds like you. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Marge pins the kids notes on the board and receives her uh, lunch in a plastic container. She she quips that uh, she would have uh, she should have ordered a salad to go with her salad toppings. <laughs> Marge is very funny because yeah, there's a lot of stuff on her lettuce. So for Marge, like a salad would probably just like iceberg with like carrot shavings, mm-hmm. cabbage, maybe two cucumbers and like two ro- uh, two cherry tomatoes. Right? That's like yeah, that's a right. salad. Yeah. Like your typical like going to a, like a diner. Like mm-hmm. here's the garden salad and here's your bucket of ranch dressing to put all over the yeah salad. <laughs> Oh, do you need a, a pound of cheddar cheese? We can get that for you. Yeah, and like cubes of ham. And the hard-boiled eggs. And you're thinking, should I eat these eggs? Yeah, and you're never sure. It's more like a club salad. I, although I do like a club salad because it is just like meat and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's it, It's just it's just a, 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 a club sandwich without a salad or without bread. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you get the bacon and the blue cheese and all that, like it's, yeah. it's good. Like, yeah, oh, sometimes yeah. you crave that like crappy like ranch dressing slash blue cheese type of salad, like oh, a yeah. wedge salad. Yeah. Wedge salad is, it's a solid salad. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big wedge. I, like, I'm not a big blue cheese guy, so I'm not. I'm yeah, not, I can see that. I mean, if I get the wedge salad, say, can you give me ranch dressing? Then let's, <laughs> then let's then talk. Go to town. Let's talk. Yeah. So this inspires her to write celebrity salad hacks on an index card and then pins it to the board. So she looks around and sees her younger, trendier co-workers pouring their dressing onto their salads and then shaking the plastic clamshell. I was like, how are you supposed to do it? Yeah, it's a thing. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So Marge follows suit and having fun tossing her own salad. <laughs> we all love to toss our own salad event every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Krusty is less happy, of course, as the writing on his new show isn't what he expected. Uh-oh. What the hell is this? You people didn't write me any jokes. You don't need jokes. The women in our audience are just happy to be out of the house. They want to dance to clean versions of Pitbull songs and go home with a free copy of a Real Housewives memoir. Your only job is just be nice. It's all about nice. Did you just make eye contact with the host? No, I would never. Ah, No! Ladies and gay friends, I'm MC Hairbone, the funkiest daytime DJ in the world. Get on your feet for your newest non-threatening is king of late morning or early afternoon, depending on your local market and time zone, Krusty! I love Sideshow Mel as a DJ. Well, that's uh, the Ellen, right? She has a DJ yeah. too? Yeah. And it's all very nice. And the, the whole thing about like the safe for work Pitbull songs and stuff like that. Right. It's just like pandering to middle America yep. in such a great way. It's like, I listen to hip hop. I yeah. hear it on Ellen every day. That's right. I mean, Krusty. <laughs> So Krusty dances on stage and into the audience where a crowd of mostly middle-aged women groove along with him. Krusty uh, flosses onto a set and then sits down. And as he sits, he sees that his uh, shoelace is untied. And then he jokes that he's already had his first wardrobe malfunction. And the audience laughs hysterically. 
hypnotherapist Wendy Sage, who we met, I think, last season or recently, comments from the audience, that's the kind of joke we get, which is <laughs> a really funny line. And uh, Krusty imagines the audience members as big sacks of money. Oh, just like how Lindsay saw him with big sacks yeah. of money. Yeah. I kind of giggled at the joke. His yeah. wardrobe malfunction. It's funny. This is just a shoelace. <laughs> when I think of wardrobe malfunction, I think of Justin Timberlake ripping off the breast of, not the breast, but exposing <laughs> Ken Jackson's breast. Well, I think of a wardrobe malfunction with also Justin Timberlake and him and Britney Spears wearing those full denim suits back in the early 2000s. That was a malfunction. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Marge's first segment uh, is Baby Hat Parade, which she mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, It's underway and Marge is hopeful that people will enjoy it. So she looks for confirmation from Jordan and a number of assistants nod in agreement because as we all know, all the assistants are named Jordan. Or Mike Mitchell. Cressy jokes that one toddler in a cowboy hat saying, I'm going to wrangle me up a nap. (laughs) And the audience just eats it up. Even we ate it up. Yeah. Uh, Marge has found her people and loves that they are raising the roof for her idea. She can't believe that people get paid for this. And then one of the Jordans reminds her that uh, they are interns, so they're not getting paid. (laughs) At home, Lisa and Bart watch as Krusty referees an herb garden showdown. Lisa is surprised that Bart isn't upset, but he has a poignant and somewhat metatextual perspective. Krusty, meanwhile, loves his new gig, and Lindsay is impressed with Marge's work. Bart, you're taking this really well. I'd have thought you'd be hatching some scheme to get the old Krusty show back. Why would I do that? I got my favorite Krusty episodes right here. More than 700 of them. Hmm, kind of makes you think. Once you have enough episodes of any classic show, why do you need to keep making more? Well, the reason is... Shh, watching classic Krusty. Oh, it's just so easy. I don't have to be funny anymore. I just have to be nice. It's the greatest grift I've ever done. I'm going to go buy some cars. You did a great job today, Marge. You know, we women have to stick together in this business. But I also want you to never quite be sure where you stand with me and just have a general sense of unease about my intentions. Does that make sense? I think so. Great. Okay, everybody, conference room. Pitch meeting for tomorrow. You, plaid shirt. Not you, plaid shirt tall. Yeah, bring the binder of dinner menus. Um, I love the uh, joke, of course, I think we both do, of Bart skimming through, um, talking about a show that's been on too long. Obviously, like, he's got 700 episodes. Why did they make more? Mm -hmm. He's coming up with it. Uh, The Krusty Show. They're obviously referencing Family Guy. That's right. (laughs) Been on for 21 seasons. Like, all right, Seth, like, calm down i think you got orville you know you got yeah. american dad just do we need more family guy another episode where peter upsets lois and then he uh, has to do something to make it better because lois is gonna divorce him right yeah the kids the the daughter and the son man and the son yeah. boy <laughs> get into the situation mm-hmm. it's like we get it yeah the baby's really smart we know yeah the baby could probably text on a phone now yeah the dog's also smart, too. Mm-hmm. It does human things, which maybe the creator of the show doesn't like. Wait, what show are we talking about? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did uh, enjoy that little bit. Yep. Uh, I also, it's a small line, but hey, you plaid. No, not plaid <laughs> small, plaid tall. That's really funny. You can do that in Portland right now. <laughs> hey, you plaid. Uh, we got some more March segments. Uh, oh, wow. We've got uh, Evolution of the Throw Blanket. We got Phone Booth Karaoke. 
after school snack hacks. Celebrity composting tips. Wait, wait, is that uh, for like murdering a celebrity <laughs> and how to compost them? I think so. Yeah. Here's my tip, guys. You know, you take the dead body, you bury it, and then you put uh, endangered plants over the corpse. Oh, smart. You buried it. It's illegal to dig up that uh, area because there's endangered plants. There, There's a hack for you guys. That's great. And the celebrity will uh, help those uh, plants thrive. Yeah. I learned this from my good pal, uh, the juice. <laughs> O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Is there anything he can't do and can get away with? <laughs> um, we have Studio Croquet. Croquet? Croquet. 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 Smart pet tricks. Crusty pranks weird guy in accounting. Edible Christmas decorations. Best wine-themed wall art. Cupcake skirmishes. Elevator charades. Celebrity obstacle course. Uh, repurposing old receipts. Wasn't Celebrity Obstacle Course, didn't uh, Billy Eichner already do that? Like, in one of his, like, Billy in the Streets thing? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think so. <laughs> It was pictures of celebrities or something like that. Right, yeah. Tax season tips with the U.S. women's soccer team. You know, what's funny is that these are all, like, obviously jokey ones, but I would not be surprised to see any of these on daytime TV. Like, they're uh, not off. Like, they're not goofy enough. Like, they seem like they could actually work. Like, after school snack hacks, I think Coda and uh, uh, Kelly. Coda or or whatever, yeah. Coda, yeah, they've probably done that. And And, smart pet tricks is funny. Right. And edible Christmas decorations. That's just that's that's a, that's a gingerbread. That's a gingerbread house. Yeah. And the popcorn wreaths you make or the, the garland of popcorn. Right. You make. Yeah. 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 What else? Uh, edible. Uh, oh, unless it's like edible as in uh, marijuana laced. <laughs> oh, now that's a uh, that's a that's a uh, Noel log I could get down with. You know how they have like the mistletoe where you're supposed to kiss under it. What if there's like a little dangling bud where like you meet someone and and it doesn't have to be you know any gender whatever it has to be doesn't have to be sexual. You meet under there. You gotta mm-hmm. smoke a J. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you gotta smoke me. That's cool, Jay. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking too much about that, uh, Eubanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's cool, Jay. Should I be doing that voice? Probably not. Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, <laughs> You're trying to do an impersonation of uh, African-American, and I'm saying God should be white. Steve, I think we need to be canceled. Yeah, this is a problematic episode. <laughs> Oy vey. Oy. Oh. oh, Jesus. Steve, come on. Let's just get on with this week's episode, Steve. All righty. All right, so Cressy dances with his crowd um, and burns some food in a cooking segment and gives a Air Butler brand air fryer to each audience member. He then leaves the studio, hops in his Lamborghini and drives to an auto dealership and drives off in a truck carrying several pink sports cars. So Marge uh, stares at her segment board and Cressy face appears on several magazines such as the Daily Time Prattle with the headline, He's a Hit. Uh, We got the Hollywood Reporter with reports that Cressy is the king of nice. Hey, that's the title of the episode. Drink. Hey, you're right. Okay. Uh, we got GQ that features Krusty on the cover of the Nice Issue. We have Krusty on Time magazine saying, yep, I'm nice. <laughs> a, a reference to Ellen DeGeneres' 1997 cover where she said, yep, I'm gay. We have a variety of reports that Krusty inks a historic 10,000th episode deal. <laughs> and we have K, the Krusty magazine. Although one time I was in the woods and I found some Krusty magazines. Um, which features a nice clown sitting in a bale of hay in the back of a wagon. Wait, was that those crusty magazines that you found? Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we go to Rith. 
Chris's, Sal's, Bob's, Ruth's Steakhouse. <laughs> I really enjoyed that uh, visual gag. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marge is late to meet Homer for dinner, but Homer isn't upset as, you know, he is starving. Although he does warn Marge that uh, Bill may be high because he's already had a full meal. <laughs> uh, this is a very spendy place to have two meals for one person. Yeah. Uh, Marge then tells Homer all about her day. And then in this clip, uh, Homer tries to do the same, but Marge finds herself distracted by her work. And then Questy didn't even tell us he had swapped the A and B blocks. I'd already preset the demo table for my segment, Popcorn Maker Wars. So then it's my fault the reuniting soldiers and their dogs segment was such a disaster. Carla's the one who turned on the popcorn machines. And that hair department, Carla? No, hair department Carla is blonde. You know, my day was pretty crazy, too. Lenny came in this morning with a ladybug on his shirt, and we were seeing how long before he noticed it. Segment idea. Questy goes blonde. (laughs) Lenny made it all the way to lunch, and then the little guy just fell off on its own. (laughs) We called him Ladybug Lenny for the rest of the day. (laughs) Ladybugs. Oh, I have to go back to the office. The viral skateboard grandma we booked for tomorrow has a history of racist tweets. Uh, Marge, I forgot my wallet. I love how jovial Homer is and telling the yeah. lame story. Much like my lame story that was cut off rudely last week about my dream. Oh, that, that, that it was a great it was a great story. So I yeah, I don't and know only what... you know about it. Yeah, I know and. Uh... I would love to get into it right now and just retell it, but uh, oh, dude, look at the time. Um, uh, but yeah, I do love how joyful he is about Ladybug Lenny. Should we just start calling Lenny Ladybug Lenny to keep it as an? I think so. Yeah. Can we remember that? Uh, just remember when you think of Lenny, think of uh, Jonathan Brandis and uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Sequest DS nines, Jonathan Brandis, R.I.P. Exactly, because he was in the movie Ladybugs, and he's dead. That's that's right. He killed himself? Yodi. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, one of those two. All right. Um, do you want some more Marge ideas? Uh, I guess. All righty. Uh, how do you smell to others? Cable unboxing again. Crusty pranks ER doctors. That seems like a bad idea. Um, yeah. Guess the price. Condiment edition. Tongue scrapers. Ranked. <laughs> Soup dunk tank. Also seems like a bad idea unless it's gazpacho. <laughs> and uh, inspired by her evening with Homer, date night fails. Which soup would you want to be ducked in? Hmm. Like, let's say it's like a mild, like uh, it's only at, uh, it's it's sat out for uh, 10 minutes. So it's, so it's not, not too hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. It's still like, a, it's still like 105 degrees, which is like probably too hot. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we'll say it's 98 degrees. Like your That's body fair. temperature. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I think I might go with like a beer cheese soup. Whoa. Really? Literally just thinking the same thing. <laughs> this makes sense. Like, like, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my hair wet again. Duck my head down. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. I'm good. I wore like a broccoli cheddar. Yeah. I wouldn't also mind a minestrone. Minestrone would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> with the beer cheese soup. No chowders. Can we, can we even say that beer cheese soup? It's not a soup. It's, no, it's a dip. It's a cheese sauce. Like yeah. a very watery down cheese sauce yeah it's like two steps from queso but damn is it good you think like ah oh, soup 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 is always kind of like you feel like a healthier meal in a way mm-hmm. right <laughs> no no all right steve we're asking the listeners to uh, donate money to us to buy a yep. hot tub uh-huh <laughs> and we're gonna fill the hot tub up with beer cheese soup and we'll record uh our podcast from a beer cheese hot tub that sounds delightful <laughs>
our live mm-hmm. shows. We'll travel with. <laughs> we'll have to hire a, a, a semi to put our portable. Well, you know what they have? Uh, they have blow up or not like yeah, but they have inflatable hot tubs now. They're like three hundred bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, we just pop put in the beer cheese soup in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like this idea. Yeah, <laughs> this is like. I'm also thinking of like ser- servers like bringing us like chicken wings and like bread and like eggs like dip. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretzels and <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh man. We'll have to like shave our entire entire body so there's like no hair. Sure, yeah. In there. <laughs> and we'll have to do like a like a hazmat like cleaning tank. We'll wear like a wet before. We'll wear like a wetsuit. Yeah, that's fair. All right. We'll wear like a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it would be hard for us to like clean off. I don't I don't want like, you know, cheese everywhere. I don't want in the no. stuff like that. So we'll wear like a full wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just dip into a <laughs> All right, uh, that's that's our goal. Yeah, go to GoFundMe.com <laughs> slash Annoyed Grunt Boys. Hey, Annoyed Grunt Boys, what if you just took that money that we donated to you and gave it to, like, charities? Like, I don't know, maybe give it to, like, Planned Parenthood or, you know, something something worthwhile. Yeah, those are very good ideas, listener, but uh, we want our, cher- our beer cheese hot tub. <laughs> there are more important things at <laughs> stake here. And your friends also have to pay for those, like, full-body wetsuits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Soup suits, are, is that a thing? <laughs> it is now. Oh boy, that sounds good. I just want beer. Oh, that sounds great. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Lindsay Naga walks in and examines Marge's board. She says no to two ideas, says one is too edgy, another is too soft. And then she looks at Tongue Scraper's rank. She's like, what is this, Corden? <laughs> She's seen one idea before. Uh, one segment isn't timely enough, uh, while another is like too timely. Then she asks, what is this, Fallon? And then she sees the note from the kids that says, good luck, mom. We love you. She doesn't even get that one. She leaves Marge asking if uh, that's all she's got. And then Marge like looks around and realizes that maybe it is all that she has. Oh, no. So Marge joins the family at the dinner table. She apologizes for being so stressed lately and says it's great to sit down together for a meal. Lisa reassures her mother, saying that she gets to do her dream job. And Bart tells Marge that he's proud of her. And then he asks for index cards. He then says that he's hungry for segments and his head turns into a blue three by five card. Marge sees the entire family as index cards, Homer holding a bowl of steamed push pins. Marge steps away in horror. The kitchen around her falls to the ground, leaving her standing on a giant calendar grid with show weeks stamped throughout the year. Marge tries to run away, but meets a number of index card creatures with push pin eyes and squiggly sharpie mouths. Marge continues to run through the circus-like environment past a sea of dancing crusties. She then falls through the hole into the ground into a giant salad. She briefly sighs a breath of relief, but uh, the plastic clamshell closes over her and Lindsay Nagel shakes the salad, cackling. Marge then awakes from her uh, nightmare, surrounded by index cards, her arms covered in Sharpie marks. Scary. Scary. I was going to say that was a very fun animated dream sequence. Really well done, yeah. Yeah. Um, So in the Cressy office the next day, one writer sobs at his desk while another cowers in fear of their own shadow. Another worker chews on her hair while Marge shakily pins a card that says, give audience $20 to the board. The segment joins her less inspired ideas like pumpkins, texting, and something with the vacuums. Then Lindsay steps into the writer's office to inform the staff that the big boss wants to see everyone for a big meeting. And one of the writers is shocked that Cressy's unsaid already since, you know, they don't film for another eight minutes. <laughs> and in this clip at the meeting, Krusty shares his gratitude and then later finds it difficult to balance her work and personal life. I just wanted to tell you how grateful I am for all your hard work. 
I never knew doing a television show could require so little effort on my part. If anyone needs anything, I'll be in my spray tan tent. Thanks, Krusty. You earned it. Back to work. We need 50 branded segment ideas for menopause chapstick and something called cereal wine. <gasps> At this solemn and holy moment, I baptize thee. How are we supposed to do surprise makeovers on the mailman you brought in? Every one of them is already gorgeous. Shh. Even John Rasenberg as Cliff, celebrity mailman? He's the sexiest one of them all. Him and Carl Malone. <laughs> but not uh, Jimmy Kimmel doing blackface as Carl Malone. Of right? course not, no. Okay, Jesus. Don't ever bring that up. <laughs> no. Mr. Liberal Jimmy Kimmel himself. Yeah. <laughs> Is the man show a stain on his career, whereas like Adam Carolla probably... Is <laughs> like, this. look how progressive <laughs> yeah. I used to be. I mean, we used to watch the man show all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see how that holds up. Honestly, I want to see. Yeah. Because I'm trying to remember anything from the show that wasn't Carl Malone or women jumping on tra uh, trampolines. Well, that's how the show ended. It was always, and here's women jumping on trampolines. Maybe it was, maybe it was sat great satire. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it is all tongue in cheek. Comedy Central when we were kids. I loved Ben Stein's Money uh, and, yeah. you know, Man Show. You had South Park. I mean, you still have South Park. Yeah. Uh, Daily Show with Jon Stewart. You know, Strange with Candy. Strange with Candy. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. What else? Oh. SNL reruns. Yeah. <laughs> Kids in the, the Hall, Hall reruns. reruns. Yeah. <laughs> Police Academy 4. That was the only one they could own. <laughs> they right. The rights uh, to. <laughs> Airheads the movie. Airheads. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Comedy Central back in the day. Steve, I. Do you think uh do you think we're in the running to be the new daily show host after Trevor Noah leaves? I think we're definitely uh in consideration. Yeah. And now your I, moment look, of Zen. Yeah. Look, I haven't watched Daily Show since uh Craig Kilborn left. Right. Yeah. That'd be that'd be interesting. <laughs> like Craig Kilborn is back on the Daily Show. <laughs> is he I don't know what because he got into like sports talk, didn't he? Yeah, I, I feel like he's like was more of a sports reporter first, like mentally. Like that's kind of more his speed. I feel like he might be like on the right side. Yeah, I could see him. Like, right. Yeah. In that. Like, Again, right I don't leading, know. Not the correct side. I don't know. I said God should be white. <laughs> you said something anti-Semitic. I forget. Oh, no. Oh, Steve, no. we're the blurst. Uh, we are the blurst. <laughs> Maybe oh, one of was... us should just take a week off and think about what they said. And probably do some soul searching. Yeah. Go to a very liberal place in America. Yeah. Find yourself. And, you know, I can learn more about the Jewish culture, too. There you go. So back on the set, Krusty thanks the uh, dance troupe, the pre-K pop and lock crew. And I just got to say, pre-K pop and lock crew is a very well-constructed joke because they're pre-K, they're K-pop, and they pop and lock. Like, that's just, I don't know, it's just well done. But they're toddler, or, yeah, they're toddlers. Yeah, so they can't even dance, but they can, they can't <laughs> even walk, but they can dance. All right. Uh, one of the interns feels that the segment was great, but Marge feels that it was just fine. She wonders where the gif was, or jif, whatever. And uh, a Jordan suggests that it was when the little kid breakdanced. But before Marge can respond, another Jordan informs Marge that there's an emergency at her house. So Marge rushes home, angry, to find her family, along with some other Springfieldians. Homer tells Marge that there's no emergency and that this is an intervention. Uh, toilet flushes, and then Mo, uh, little old Mo from Moe's Tavern, he joins the group. I missed a big reveal? You said I had time. Midge, go out and come back in. Ah, nah, forget that. Who's that even for? All right, all right, intervention. And, uh, go. 
If this is about the melatonin gummies, I can stop whenever I want. No, Marge. We're interventioning you and your whole deal. I never thought I'd speak ill of TV, but I think it's destroying you. <laughs> Cut to commercial. Okay, let's make this quick. Everybody say your little thing. We're just worried about you, Marge. Look, even your best friend Luann is here. Best friend? Oh, we haven't had the conversation yet, but it's unspoken. Mom, we want to be supportive of your dreams, but you just don't seem to be enjoying it anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry that you're also threatened by a powerful, successful woman. Lisa, as a feminist, you should be ashamed of yourself. Really? Just this week, the show's done Sexed Your Way Out of Traffic School and debuted a new daily segment called Trends in Cleavage. When's this show on again? I do like how Marge thinks that uh, gummy melatonins is like her version of right. like hardcore drug use. Mm -hmm. It's like something like probably like 98% of the country takes because yeah. they're overworked, mm -hmm. stressful lives. They're just burnt out. They need some sort of relief. They don't even want to get high. They just want to no. not think for a little bit. Uh, America, we, we like to overwork our citizens. It's true. Speaking of which, Steve, I need you to record like four episodes this week. <sighs> Fine. Do it in between my two jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a fun clip. I know it was a little long, but it was just, it was a lot of fun there. I liked, uh, I like Moe's little thing about, uh, you like Moe's little thing. I do like Moe's little Herbert. thing. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey. Paul. <laughs> All right. So you imagine Moe naked. Mm -hmm. What do you think I you get? see down there? <laughs> I, I see a I lot imagine... of pubes. Oh yeah. Like Bush, like, yeah. Like longer than Marge's hair. It's like Marge's hair, but like. Yeah. And maybe there's like a little acorn there. He's got long balls too. Oh, like long, like, like nothing is like attractive there. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a surprise and he's hung like a champ and. No, no, he's not. No. Yeah. No, no. no. Yeah. He's got a little cashew and uh, <laughs> balls down to his knees. Yeah. Maybe he's got like a really thick head. What are we talking about, Steve? <laughs> got a chode. All right, um, Barney, what do you think Barney's dick looks like? You know what? Think about that. Take a vacation. Think okay. about Barney's dick and then come back and what do you, what do you think of a... All right, he'll have I'm a... I'm pretty sure there's a website out there where you can see all the Simpsons characters uh, naked yeah. and boning. You freaks out there. You weirdo. What do you call them? The people that draw the uh, like sex photo or pictures. And I was like, oh, man, those sexual photos where Marge and <laughs> other men are being sex with. Yeah, with the drawings. Hen hentai? The is, it, is hentai just for Japanese anime? Or? I think hentai is a specific thing involving it is tr traditionally Japanese produced, but also I think there are usually tentacles. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, I don't really care to do research. So Yeah, it's a world that I'm not super familiar with, and I'm okay with that. And that's okay. That's right. Uh, so uh, Marge then receives a text from Lindsay telling her to turn on Channel 5. She does so and finds celebrity gossip TMI, which is a parody of TMZ with actually a better name. Right. <laughs> um, reporting that Krusty is the king of not nice. The straw-sucking editor tells his staff that the internet is ablaze over the story exposing the toxic work environment over at Krusty. One writer heard that Krusty interns were forced to switch to Judaism and work on Christmas, then convert back and work on Passover. Uh, March sees this as a disaster and feels that she can finish this intervention, which she calls a dumb thing, later. She storms off, leaving the rest to wonder, what's the move here? Uh, Mo wonders if there's anything else they can work on. 
on and asks Homer about his drinking, which Homer reports is the same as it ever was. Same as it ever was? How did he get there? <laughs> this isn't it's... my beautiful wife. This isn't my beautiful house. Wait, how's it how did I get here? Yeah, days go by. And everybody hates Ned Flanders. <laughs> hey, it's the Simpsons. Uh, so back at Viacom Studios, interns and writers pace back and forth, nervously shaking salads and hyperventilating. Uh, Marge chugs a carton of cereal wine, which we didn't discuss <laughs> cereal wine. What what would that be like? Uh, like let let the the cinnamon toast crunch ferment in in what? <sighs> What's it fermenting? That's a good question. Like maybe it's just it is a wine based spirit, but it's like flavored to taste like your favorite cereals. So we're not far away from that happening, are we? No, I mean with if all it, the seltzers and whatnot. We, you know, we've uh, drank beers on this podcast that are like it's true Snickers, the beer, you know, right? And and like fruity pebbles. Like every time I have like a a, a beer, or like a you know, those like mm, fruity pebbles or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you how know. about a Captain Crunch wines when you sip it, it cuts the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Not a bad idea. People would buy it. Oops, old berry wine. <laughs> yeah, you think about like like that uh, packy chip challenge, like the one chip itself, uh-huh. like ten bucks. It's the greatest scam of all time because it's oh like, yeah, you produce one chip, make it as hot as fuck because you can, and you still get a profit from these assholes who do the challenge. No offense, yeah, offense to these assholes that do the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Every time I've seen someone do it, it's painful. Even people are like, oh, I can handle spicy food. I'm cool with it. No, they can't. No. I know well enough, and especially my older age, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah, I cannot imagine the pain that that would put me through. I'm not going to, yeah, waste like my whole day and possibly the next day because of a stupid $10 chip. Yeah. That on the other hand, I did see the uh, world's hottest gummy bear. I really wanted to try that. (laughs) Uh, Our store actually had, uh, a couple years ago, we had three employees and they all had giant gummy bears. And one of them was that super hot gummy bear. (laughs) And the person ate it. And yeah, they turned red and were sweating. And I guess you could say something of a heat seeker. So yeah, the dumbness of us Americans. Yeah. (laughs) Take that chip anywhere else in the world. Like what? No, you're dumb. No. This is food. You need this to live. Yeah. Why are you wasting it? (laughs) Why are you wasting money on one chip? I can buy like pounds of rice with that money. What are you doing? You horrible country. I could could feed a whole village with that same amount of money. Yeah. You could put a down payment on an inflatable hot tub to fill it with beer cheese soup. You're wasting (laughs) on a chip. You know what? We'll we'll sit in that tub and we'll take that chip and dip it in that cheese and (laughs) eat that chip. You know, because beer cheese soup's got uh, dairy in it. So, you know, if you have spicy foods, you got to drink milk. So it might help us right. calm down. Our... <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm excited for beer cheese soup hot tub. I know. It's the best. <laughs> and, and, and if it's not beer cheese, it can be broccoli cheddar, right? Yeah. That way you get some veggies in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Healthy for us. Uh, and, of course, we need our uh, full body. Uh, well, you know, just our, our face exposed uh, wet Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, head and everything. We need that covered. Just our, you know, eyes, lips, and nose. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could wear goggles too. Oh, we probably should wear goggles. Probably, yeah. So we need a full face mask. You know mm-hmm. what? Actually, we are, I want scuba gear too. So we can like submerge into the uh Ooh, the cheese yeah. sauce so we can like breathe, breathe, and then take our snork or our, our mouthpiece off and then eat the cheese. Put it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll get a bakery to bake us some nice bread. Yeah. 
This is exciting. Uh, get some beer or wine, I guess, to to wash things down with. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, we have all those uh, breweries and uh, wineries that like our Instagram posts. Maybe one of them will donate to us. Right, and maybe we can get a baker to make. Oh, here, how about this? We get a uh, a beer glass made of bread. Oh, yeah. So then we drink the beer, and then we can just scoop it into the pool. Oh, I the love it. And then we can <laughs> sip and chew, and ah, this is gonna be great. Wait, wait, wait. Pool? Yeah, let's get a pool, and then we'll invite our our listeners to to also hang out with us yeah live recording so they this all be need, fun they all need uh suits as well yeah so you'll be paying for some of that too listeners uh yeah and your airfare too because we gotta we gotta record this somewhere cool like um let's just do it in uh i would say like wisconsin's like cheese capital right that's what i was thinking yeah maybe like the bahamas or oh yeah that'd be nice hawaii uh, and then you and I could probably stay at your uh, wife's, one of their relatives. So we don't have to worry about uh, room and board, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably okay. fine. They have to find their own place. Though. Yeah, you, you guys are on your own. But... Yeah, you're going to come and just stay with us. <laughs> All right, it's settled. Cool. We're doing it in Hawaii. All righty. Come to Cheese Tub Blast 2023. <laughs> I'm wondering if we can maybe drain Hanama Bay there in Oahu and fill with beer cheese soup. Okay. <laughs> that way we get some, you know, like some fish to f- swim around and oh yeah and you can snorkel mm-hmm. what about the <laughs> diamond head rock but what if we can like line that and just fill that with beer cheese soup dude on the mountain oh yeah that'd be fun and scenic yeah yeah oh, and the hawaiian uh the hawaiian tourism board is just begging for more white people yeah to come and, yeah you no know, one goes all, there yeah no it, it'll be good yeah because they need more uh environmental altering yeah yeah you're right maybe we'll you know what you know what doesn't get that much tourists i think there's only like 20 people that live there antarctica let's cover antarctica with beer cheese soup and oh we'll all just you know hang out there yeah we can hang out with the bears the polar bears the The hot the hot beer cheese soup will warm up the the polar caps Mm -hmm. it'll help melt the ice won't be too hot that'd be good yeah and then it'd be fun to like hang out with a polar bear yeah get that melted water into our oceans with the cheese sauce yeah it's a foolproof plan God, I see we're nothing smart wrong. the smartest people in the world <laughs> i mean we got herschel walker intelligence level over here yeah <laughs> oh god he's gonna hear this podcast and suggest this isn't he yeah me think this good show <laughs> uh so Back in the offices of Krusty, uh, Krusty steps in and he's holding the latest issue of National Squealer magazine, which offers the headline behind the scenes nightmare, Krusty's toxic work environment. Krusty is upset because for the first time in his life, he's not the one responsible for the toxic work environment. He's barely been there physically and certainly not mentally, but Lindsay reassures Krusty, but she has a plan. Don't worry, Krusty. I'm going to find whoever said it's terrible to work here and personally bully them until their hair falls out in clumps. But what you need now is a redemption episode. And I know I speak for the entire staff when I say we're willing to pull an all-nighter to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, and you'll write me one of those apologies where it sounds like I'm sorry, but I'm not actually taking the blame for anything? I've done hundreds of these. It's actually a template in the software we use. Oh, the staff doesn't seem happy about this. Uh Uh-uh. And really, this is what I was kind of getting to in the episode earlier, that you know, they're parodying Ellen, but really Krusty's just so nonchalant about everything because he lives in his own bubble, right? Right. And they yeah. kind of show that off. But like Lindsay Nagel really is the villain. So I'm it's wondering true. If, I'm wondering if like original idea was Lindsay Nagel was the talk show host. Yeah. And she hired Marge. And it was like too on the nose, maybe. 
could be yeah crusty in yeah but i kind of like the dynamic because i like crusty being fairly innocent and just kind of having his own thing about just enjoying being nice well crusty's just being crusty right exactly there's no character change with him in this episode at all yeah and that's the point yeah i mean yeah why would they change the character yeah all right well so back at the intervention homer wonders what uh, else they can work on so he asked bart if he's addicted to anything yet (laughs) <laughs> and then Bart replies that it's none of his business. And then Homer respectfully says, fair enough. I like that. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what like what do you think he would be addicted to? Um, well, video games, uh, methamphetamines, uh, squishies, um, skateboarding, vandalism, sex. Skateboarding is not a crime, man. That's right. That's what those t-shirts on those kids said. <laughs> Although I was at my local grocery store and I saw some kids on skateboards Uh-oh. and I said, hey, they're not reading those signs that says no skateboarding. Call the cops on them. Oh, yeah. And luckily the cops uh, said, oh, they're kids. So I can beat the living shit out of them. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> There's no threat here. So let's let's beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Let's just turn off our body cams and go to work. Yeah. I felt uh-huh. uh, really great that day. Yeah. You're a hero. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, at the Krusty set, Sideshow Nell plays a slowed down version of Flow Riders Low, and Krusty walks out dancing in a really fun and slow way to his stool. He uh, tells the crowd that he's, he was devastated to learn that his show had become a toxic work environment. He then reads from the teleprompter that even though he's ha- absolutely had no idea what was going on, the buck stops with him. I don't, I'm not sure, sure too about the Ellen thing too, because like, didn't she also do that kind of like statement of like she didn't know this yeah. worked for it, but like everyone felt like it was Ellen was one getting the pressure. Yeah, there's a a lot of people who have come out even like before the whole controversy started about how um you're not supposed to make eye contact with her or talk to her unless she speaks to you and just generally a difficult person to work with and i think that there are were also other more executive type people who were also partaking in that kind of uh, cavalier attitude towards uh, lesser employees uh so it wasn't just ellen but ellen was definitely like the catalyst for most of it and not just ellen show in general too like uh, you've heard things about like steve harvey and like how yeah. he treats his staff mm-hmm. i heard corden's not really a great person to get along with either james corden yeah jimmy fallon's nice enough but he's a raging alcoholic yeah he's worse than us yeah in the alcoholic is... department yeah humor and the comedy, and the comedy yeah. department. <laughs> no you have steve higgins to kind of reel him into that so that's true yeah um that's hmm. uh, Seth Meyer seems cool enough. Yeah, he does. She got a haircut, though. <laughs> Conan is a notorious asshole, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Sona. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. It's like, I think, like, you listen to, like, Conan's podcast or just, like, her talking about, like, he's annoying. And they bring that up, like, he's annoying yeah. to work with. And he he's fine with it. Because right. he'll do shit to you not like you know like horrible things but no people hate because he'll just like go around playing the guitar all day and like people are annoyed by that and say it's annoying yeah he's just an annoying guy yeah he's like hilarious <laughs> and probably a good person but he's just kind of annoying which i think is and he'll just like endearing. he'll find a quirk about you and just relentlessly pick on you about it. he's kind of a bully but i think more of an endearing way but like but i don't think conan's ever been like one of those like sexual miscreants and no yeah He's just like, he has bad behavior, but it's like a toddler level bad behavior. Yeah, he just wants attention mostly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he com- that's funny because he comes from, you see there's like a pattern because he comes from like a big family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like right now, like there's the whole internet now is kind of like 
trying to get Bill Murray canceled, or as they call it, you know. Yeah. But Bill Murray also comes from a large family, too. So it's all about attention-seeking people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're good with fans, but they're not good to work with. But it seems like right. Conan might be good to work with. Who knows? I hope that he is, because he, he won't know. hire us. I know, but he's just he was such a big part of my life. And even like Andy Richter, you know, kind of like dismisses Conan, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. Again, not in a bad way, just like a <laughs> it's like, yeah, Conan. He's, he's my boss. I make money from him, but yeah, he's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and Conan to Conan takes pride in that. That's the funny thing, is he's admitted yeah. like He's like, oh, good. I get on their nerves. Yeah. He likes that almost as much as he loves presidential facts. <laughs> um, hmm, what's my presidential fact? The 45th president of the United States was probably the best president. But that's probably just my, that's yeah. just my fact. It's not mm. an opinion. It's a fact. Right. Of course. As he continues his seemingly heartfelt apology, an intern delivers Marge a salad on a plate. And I promise you, I'm going to take some time to listen, learn, not touch and listen. What the hell is this? How am I supposed to do the salad shake if it's not in the original container? Oh my god, what have I become? I was completely unaware of the following policies. If employees see me in my car, they must lower imaginary sunglasses as if impressed and aroused. Krusty, you don't need to do this. The world needs to know the truth. It's a system of daytime TV that's toxic. It's turned us all into monsters, fueled by stress, gaslighting, and $15 kale Caesar salads. The pressure to crank out so much nice brings out the worst in us. We just wanted to bring more nice in the world. <gasps> more nice. Sounds like Marge is having a nervous breakdown, Steve. It's true. He's more nice. Well, Krusty hangs up on his phone and interrupts Marge. He says his non-apology apology just became a real apology. He then tells the audience that their workplace isn't toxic because of Marge or this system. It's all his fault. He's a showbiz monster. He's not nice. He then says that he's stepping away from the show forever. Oh, the audience is stunned, just like Steve was there. Yeah. And Marge tries to stop Krusty, saying that it wasn't his fault. And then Matt Damon's like, <laughs> it is. And then Robin was like, it's not your fault. Wait, wait, no, wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> so then Krusty completely agrees, saying that uh, everyone who works there except for him is nuts. He then reveals the real reason he's leaving the show. I just quit because I closed the deal for a new gig, which makes daytime talk show money look like late night talk show money. TV judge syndication money. A judge? Judge Judy is the richest TV star in the world. So I'm going to be Judge Krusty. I can let my body go. Just sit on my keister and speak truth to stupid all day. All right, I got to go work on my humiliation quips. You ever do any bailiffing? Some. No more show? Free! Oh, come on. Why would you do that? Sorry, Pat. Sorry. Sorry. It is true. Judge Judy is like the wealthiest TV star of all time. Yes, mostly. She is one of the richest people on TV. According, she averages about $47 million a year. However, I did some research and according to website wealthygorilla.com. That's a very credible website, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. 
Her net worth is $420 million, making her actually the third richest person on TV in 2022. Topping her are the aforementioned uh, Ellen DeGeneres, who's worth $450 million. And even though she doesn't currently have a show on network television, Oprah Winfrey, who is worth a staggering $3.2 billion. Just like us. That's right. Maybe Oprah can pay for our uh, pool of beer cheese soup. Yeah. She can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> you get soup. You get soup. Everybody gets soup. <laughs> that doesn't really seem like the Weight Watchers way, though. That's true. Yeah. Has she been like doing anything for that company? I think briefly. Yeah. Because uh, you can eat bread. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can eat bread. You can have a bite of bread. You're good. Yeah. Uh, back at home, the Simpsons watch Judge Krusty. He tells the defendant not to sneeze on his robe and to tell him he's in a car wash. <laughs> Uh, he then asks if they fell out a stupid tree and into an idiot mulch. The bar feels that his quips could use some work, but Homer is delighted by the work mulch. <laughs> Lisa asks her mom if she misses working for the TV, and uh, Marge admits that uh, it was rewarding at first, but her real dream job is producing her family. Aww. Now, as a consultant, she gets the best of both worlds. She then gets a call from Drew Barrymore, who has no A block for her following show. Marge suggests the viral grandpa who raises baby ducks. So Marge is imagining a surprise spa day for him, and Drew adds an extreme pond makeover for the ducks. Uh, Miss Barrymore then asks if Marge will come to work for her, but Marge's daytime days are over. She then looks over to see Bart and Lisa fighting and Homer crying over a TV that's on fire and tells Drew that she'll be in touch. And so show ends, credits begin to roll, and then we get an ad for segments, A Place for Healing. Here at Segments, we believe there is life after daytime. Our patients have suffered indescribable trauma from TV hosts, perpetuating the cycle of abuse handed down since the days of the Mike Douglas Show. We treat all aspects of PTSD, post-talk show disorder, compulsive fake laughter, guest cancellation night terrors, long-haul Kelly Rippas. Lindsay, who are you talking to? The audience! I'm warming up the audience. It's all on the teleprompter. Why don't you just put this on for a Who Wore It Best segment? Oh, mm. <laughs> uh, Lindsay's gone bonkers, Steve. Yeah, I love the, her teleprompter that just says words. <laughs> and it's actually just a tray from a psych ward. And this is uh, how Lindsay's career as a producer probably ends, right? Because next week she'll be just something else. Yep, because she's sent to the Ellen intensive care unit. <laughs> and uh, hopefully she gets the help she needs. Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, this was fun. Uh, we watched the episode together and, and talked about it in real time. That's how we do the podcast, right? That's right. All right. Um, I think uh, a TV segment would be for, uh, you know, someone to fill up a pool of uh, beer cheese soup for the hosts to sit in. Mm -hmm. And we just think Alan would still be on the air if uh, that happened. It's true. She would redeem herself. But now we got Drew Barrymore to fill those soup shoes. Luckily, she can heat up the soup because she's a fire starter. And uh, if she uh, forgets how to turn the hot tub on, she could always phone home for help. <laughs> yep. And movies she's done after 1988. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Uh, you know, she could have a wedding singer perform in the soup. Yeah. And then she can finally do that thing because she's never been kissed. She can have a guest for 50 times for the first time and date them. That's right. And she can uh, have all the ladies in the pool and the boys on the side and uh she can find a homeless man named charlie who sees <laughs> uh three 
gorgeous uh, women with halos. There we go. Angels, angels, Steve. Angels, yeah. (laughs) And she could briefly date a Canadian. (laughs) Who did they marry at one point? Didn't they marry on air? Yeah. And uh, what was that thing? He, uh, Daddy, would you like some sausage from the Freddy Got Finger movie? Yeah. We're talking about Tom Green, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, which would go great with our soup. You know what? Tom Green probably had a segment where he sat in a hot tub of soup. I, I could. You, uh, yeah, that sounds like a Tom Green bit. Oh yeah, I could see. Uh, R.I.P. Tom, Tom Green. Green. The you know what's funny about Tom Green? Uh, we're gonna end this real quick, but I think at first, like Tom Green was fine, but after like a few months, like when he was on, like I think I kind of got bored with him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the novelty's kind of wearing off. Yeah, he I had think a it was because very it, short. Well, it's because was it middle school? Like he was really popular with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he his he aimed to middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And high schoolers, I guess. But like, yeah, it's like the novelty because everyone would just talk about Tom Green and like, like, uh, yeah, we've all seen it. Cool. But you know what? We always went back to our true pride and joy of humor, Steve. What's that? The Simpsons. That's right. So we're going to take a break, regroup, and then come back and finish up this week's episode to talk about The Simpsons and not Tom Green. That sounds great. All right, Steve. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, Steve, we're back. Let's wrap up this week's episode. The King of Nice. We'll do our usual bits that we always do. We'll talk about our MVJs, most valuable jokesters, our favorite scenes, jokes, and then I'll just, you know, wrap it up with uh, how we really felt all in all about the episode. But first, we're going to do everyone's favorite segment because it involves money. Chick, 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 ching. Ding, ding. But not money for us. No. Money for the mouse. Uh, Mickey himself, yeah. We come up with ideas to make products based off of this episode, but we're not going to be greedy and say what we want. We're going to gift it to each other. So we're going to say, hey, Steve, I got you this product from this episode. Something that you could brand on a t-shirt or a a towel or a handkerchief or a um, pair of slacks. Yeah. I'm just describing what I'm wearing right now. (laughs) Wearing a handkerchief? (laughs) A towel and slacks. (laughs) It's it's a look I'm working on. I like it. It's smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will go first because I, I'm not going to ask you, of course, what'd you buy me, Steve? Yeah. What'd you make for me? Here's my gift to you. I, I My budget's a little tight right now. I can only afford you one thing. So I have two gifts. So I'm going to have you pick which one you'd rather have. So okay. you, you get a choice. Fair right? enough. We are very pro-choice on this podcast. That's right. So right here, I have a bowl Ooh. of steaming hot... Push pins for you to eat. Mm, okay. Or mm. you're going to get a t-shirt from the Krusty show. Right. His yeah. own type show. But it's like a thick Gildan shirt with uh-huh. the logo on the left breast. The size on the tag says XL. But when you put it on, it's really tight around the chest and the waist. Like it's a size small. But the mm-hmm. length goes like almost down to your knees for some reason. Yeah. Also, the sleeves are way too tight. But then you go to the uh, the cashier and you say, you know, I think this might be like a woman's like T-shirt dress. And mm-hmm. then it's like, no, it's for the male body type. Also, the <laughs> neck's a little too tight. Yeah. And, um, oh, oh, the logo like fades away after like three washes. And there's like a logo on the back that's just feels like you can feel it when yeah, you're wearing yeah, it. Yeah. 
And um, it's literally like the most unflattering and uncomfortable thing you've ever worn. So those are your options, the the shirt hmm. or the steamed bowl of push pins. It's a tough choice, but I think I'm going to go with a steaming bowl of push pins. Thank God you said it because I prepared to write, hold on one second. Yeah, slide it over the table and uh, enjoy. Hmm, mm, pointy. going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> and in the evening. And that's the time. When you got push pins in your gut, you can hurt anytime. There you go. Uh, so I'm glad you enjoyed my gift. Cool. Um, I also have two gifts for you to choose from. One is because you're an alcoholic. I got you a case of cereal wine. It's assorted, but they're in the tinier packages. So you get a variety of cereals. So you get your cornflakes, your Cheerios, your what oh, have you. Ones. Like, yeah. you know, how like those cereal packs you get like, oh, cool. Fruit Loops and Frosted Mini Wheats. And there's like cornflakes, yeah. shredded wheat. Like, oh, I'd have to get to those ones eventually. Yeah. So you can have that. <laughs> or oh, okay. uh, your other option is I know that your favorite meal, one of your favorite meals is steak, potato and broccoli. So I got you a, diff- a gift certificate for three meals at Ruth Chris's Sal's Bob's Ruth's Steakhouse. So that way you can have a meal. And then when you're, well, you're waiting for Heather and when she arrives, you guys can have another meal together. Well, your gifts are very thoughtful. I try. But I don't like to share. So I'm taking the wine. Fair enough. <laughs> oh. Perfect for AM <laughs> drinking. And we promote AM drinking on this podcast. We bring it up a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there's also, as much as I love a, a Ruth Chris Steakhouse, Gary Globersteins or whatever it was, uh-huh. I feel like steak is something you can make at home and make it taste better than paying. You're uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you for the gift, Steve. Uh, sure. You were very more thoughtful than I ever will be. It's all made up. Don't tell them that. They probably, oh, sorry. The listeners really think we do this for each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's just get into the episode, Steve. Uh, how about uh, favorite joke, scene, Ooh. jokester? Just give it, give me it all. Oh boy, plastered um, all over my face, neck, and chest. Okay. Um, I really liked the segments, the fake uh, mental ward for burnt out executives. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really liked Mo in this episode. Um, he had a very short part, but. I like the intervention a lot. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed all of Marge's ideas because they're so almost uncannily possible, but also not. Um, and I think Marge laughing at her own joke about the salad. I thought that was fun. So I think I'm going to let Marge have the MVJ, but just because she was so inspired by finding her audience. And I really appreciate that. What did you think, Craig? Yeah, this was definitely a Marge centric episode. For MEBJ, yeah, let's give it to Marge, uh, Lindsay Nagel. Mm-hmm. I know this podcast, we talk about how much Craig loves Lindsay Nagel, but I, I found her more like a Lindsay Nagger. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like her in this episode. She was no, mean, Steve. She, she was, was mean. Big, she was a big old meaners. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think I'm falling out of love with Lindsay Nagel. Wow. Yeah, it's official. I think I think uh, Matt Selman and Al Jean are like, uh, this creeper here, uh, Hanoi <laughs> Grepoy Craig, talks about Lindsay Nagel too much. Uh, let's tone him down. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, Lindsay. Also, uh, we, I love Tress, but I felt like her Lindsay voice was a little off. Is it did it, sound is it be- a little weird. Is it because, again, uh, is it because of age? I'm not ageist at all because we know like Marge's voice changed Julie Cabinet. They're in their se- they're both in their seventies. Right. The tenor, the timber of their voice changes because you know you age and that's what happens. Yeah. But this was a big Lindsay. This is one of the, the biggest Lindsay Nagel episodes, too. You know, it's like it's true. She's kind of like the the se- she's the second star of this episode. Yeah, and usually you're right. You normally only get her for 
you know, small segments at a time where she's usually just bringing up an idea and then leaving. But here she's actually like moving the story along. So, yeah, it I think another reason why her voice sounded a little bit different is we don't normally hear her being directly mean to people. Right. And so that was a little different, too. You actually gave her more of a character and. Lindsay wasn't just uh, a one note uh, punchline. Mm-hmm. That's true. This was really the Lindsay or this was the Julie Kavnier and uh, Tris McNeil uh, half hour special. Yeah. You got uh, Dan Castaneda, a little bit of Yardley and a uh, very little bit of a Nancy. But yeah. Yeah. But Marge, yeah, let's give her the MVG. But I think my favorite scene was the metatextual, metasexual joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's so good. Bart digging on The Simpsons on Disney Plus when you know Lisa's like, Why you don't care that Cresty's got new shows? Like, ah, there's 700 other, other episodes of my favorite cartoon on <laughs> streaming, so why do I care? And that's very much like a uh, direct response to OG Simpsons fans, right? They're not gonna yeah. watch the new stuff. We, we, the point of this podcast is to try to get the old people into new Simpsons, so yeah. Yeah, and the- I'll tell you what, at night sometimes I'll get home from work and I'll be like, I don't know what to watch. And I'll literally go through and be like, oh, season seven. I haven't seen, you know, that episode in a while. I haven't seen right. Boy Scouts in the Hood or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. Why do I need new episodes? But we do <laughs> because we need a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we enjoy it. Yeah. And even The Simpsons does end, we still have so many more episodes to cover. It's true. About 400 more, I think. Yeah. Also, I think one of my scenes that I did laugh out loud, too, was when they're in the focus group, mm-hmm. uh, when Lindsay comes up to Marge in the beginning of the episode, and she's like, I'm in the market for a new segment producer. And then her actual segment producer's like, you are? What? <laughs> like, I just thought that was a really funny, funny take. I really enjoyed the focus group in general, too. Just like Julio being like, are you going to have celebrities? And Lindsay's like, yeah. Like, well, then put it on the board. <laughs> and just that whole group think thing and how frustrating it is like oh we should have recipes that's a great idea we but, should have air fryer recipes uh yeah yeah i got it that's a good idea too but it just was harking back to the episode with itchy and scratchy yeah i did i did itchy. remember think about that yeah yeah um all right well all in all steve uh what did you think about this episode give me a ranking give me a, a rating give me a review all righty um you know craig this episode i was kind of torn by because you know we talked a lot about torn. The who are you natalie and bruglia no my name is rip okay um, exactly he's the fun one um this we talk a lot about the modernity of newer episodes of simpsons and how it's kind of weird to make an episode that is so current and that if that like affects the goodness that is inherent to the simpsons and this episode is, is extremely of the moment you know i mean the ellen thing happened a couple of years ago but still like this whole episode is very of the late 2000 teens in the 2020s and so for that I, I was worried that like it won't hold up in five years or might seem weird but on the other hand this episode feels like almost like written for me and you because even though we're not in the television industry we love the television industry so much that you know talking about it and going behind the scenes is so much fun you know from the interns getting salad orders to like writing segments that i really enjoyed and i like the just the story of the plot like it's cool to see two women leading the plot and you know having a lindsey nagle be a villain in a way i love that crusty is just kind of along for the ride he just got an easy job and he loves it i don't know this episode made me laugh i found it to be really enjoyable and I just, I thought that it was just a good time. The jokes were good. I know we went through all of those segment ideas, but just the fact that they put the work in there to do that and to do all the dog food ideas. And 
it all just seemed like a very cohesive story that I thought was a lot of fun. So I've, I, I'd say that this episode is a watch for me. And so the Oprah magazine has a, a total circulation of uh, 2,395,496. So out of that, I'm going to give this a pumpkin spice makeover and say, watch it. All right. What did you think, Craig? Yeah, you brought up a lot of great points and I was nodding along to your assessment but i think that's also one of the reasons why i'm not actually a fan of this episode interesting we like uh showbiz type of inside jokes but i felt like this whole episode was too inside on the nose for people that work in the industry Mm -hmm. and i think that could alienate a lot of people because yes a lot of the jokes like i can get but people who don't really know like the horror of working in television production and I've listened and I know this because I've listened to you know, podcasts and people talk about this and yeah. the just how horrible some people were are. And we even talked about in the, the episode, too, of like working with people like Corden or like mm-hmm. Ellen, like you said. I mean, maybe this is this is a way for for them to say, hey, this is kind of how it happens, really. You know, like it's an exaggerated look. Yes. Yeah. I enjoyed, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm always happy that there's a Marge-centric storyline. I think that's great. But I kind of felt uh, bored by the episode. Okay. I kind of found some of the jokes uh, predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, Krusty's not, he's a monster, but he's just the dumb uh, face of the monster. Uh, and I felt there could have been a different, I, I felt like there was maybe like a different story there, but they made it, like, like I said, like it should have been Lindsay Nagel as the host. And do you think like the Ellen comparison is too one to one, even though it was crusty, but like Lindsay's role is just basically an archetype of what Ellen was claimed to be. Yeah. And you have, like you said, it's of the time. (laughs) And I think if you look at this five years from now, I don't think it's going to hold up. It doesn't have the staying power. I I definitely, I definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because I want, uh, I want a, a Simpsons adventure, and um, maybe yeah, that was no. it. I, we're we're four episodes in, of course, of the mm-hmm. season. So I don't know if it was perfectly cromulent for me. I think uh, I think I would I make a pass on this episode. I just too much inside business jokes, inside baseball jokes. Yeah, you, know? you make a very interesting point because the fact that it is too inside baseball and it doesn't appeal to maybe let's say Middle America, exactly, at, which is coincidental because the show that they're parroting is specifically designed to be for middle america like the, the <laughs> right. show. so that's that's really that's a really that's a really poignant point that you made there is it too meta is it too hat on hat maybe it could be yeah like they, and, ate, they ate their cake but got pie too yeah and i think i enjoy it because of that but it but you're right that kind of makes it a lesser episode because i can eat all the candy because that's the world that i am obsessed with but for your average viewer it's just yeah you're right that's a good point all right well if i give it a ranking uh let's see here jordan was the name of all the uh interns right mm-hmm. and according to as of now 2022 on com, the most popular baby names of, of 2022 jordan ranks at number 82 hmm. so uh out of 82 uh do you want you want to know what the number one oh this is for boys by the way for boys yeah. is, is uh, the number one is liam liam is hmm. number one jordan's 82 so out of uh, Liam to Jordan, I'll give this a uh, a Maverick. Wow, which is a twenty eight. Apparently, Maverick is the twenty eighth boy name wow. as of two thousand twenty two. Interesting, Maverick. Maverick. A lot of James Garner fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe uh, Mel Gibson fans. 
There you go. I'll say that I've known one person with the name Maverick, and it was a woman, and it was her middle name. I have never met a person at all with the name Maverick. <laughs> well, if I were a kid, I guess I can't name a Maverick. Yeah. This is going to be tw- the 20th most popular name. Yeah, I think you should stay safe and name them Rockford. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the number 100th name. What is that, Tara? Bennett. Oh, Bennett. Luca. Wesley, who names her kid Wesley? Come on, dork. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um. All right. Well, hey, I don't know if this is as divisive episode as uh, Diggs. No, I, I thoroughly so. enjoyed that episode a lot, and you hated it. I think I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Um. I just felt like yeah. I think it was too much made for people like us. Yeah. Again, the mindset of uh, middle American. I think they would be like, yeah, because you're right. I-, I think it's the time set. You know. Yeah. Six years from now. On Disney Plus, we see this episode like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Sorry, I am just torn. What are you, Natalie and Bruglia? I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold. I'm ashamed. I'm lying naked on the floor. The illusions never change, Steve. It's into something real. I'm wide awake and I can see the perfect sky is torn. Wow. And you're a little late, Steve. And I'm already torn. Wow. Yeah. So I guess the fortune teller is right. I, I guess, guess I should have so. seen uh, just what was there and not some holy light. But you know what? You crawled beneath my veins and now I don't care. I have no luck. I don't miss it all that much. There's just so many things that I can't touch and I'm torn. Wow. It's almost like I have the lyrics to Natalie and Brulia's <laughs> torn right in front of me. You mean you don't know that from the top of your dome? <laughs> Surprisingly not. Uh, but I am torn right now, Steve, because um, we're at a crossroads. We're at an empath on this podcast. Yeah. We've true. been so consistent throughout the many years that we've done this. It has been many years. And uh, last year we started to, we decided to do episodes, the new episodes right Mm -hmm. when they aired and we did great. Yeah. And the season just started. We're on episode five right now and it comes out next week. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of us can't be here for this. That's right. So the truth is for both my wedding anniversary and my upcoming birthday, my wife, Laura and I are taking a trip to New York. So I will not, and we don't get like advanced episodes or anything. So we have to watch it live like Bill Riley in that way. So we're not able to record the an episode for the newest episode, The Simpson. Which is, yeah, it's, yeah, it's called The Not It. So it's, it's a parody, I think, that's going to be about uh, Stephen King's It. Right. We will not be able to review that episode next week. We promise we will review it soon. Like once the Simpsons are on, there's a rerun. Mm-hmm. Probably in November or December, then we will get to it. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's just do a Treehouse of Horror that we haven't done yet from the archives, and let's do Treehouse of Horror eleven. Yes, uh, that's from season twelve. Originally aired on November first, the in the year two thousand. It uh, was written by Rob Zemnick, uh, John Freak, Don Payne, and Caroline Omine. I bet we got three stories, Steve. We got Ghost Dad. Yeah. Uh, Homer's killed by choking on a piece of of his broccoli and his spirit must perform a good deed in order to enter heaven then we got scary tales can come true which reveals the dark side of a fairy tale character and in the night of the dolphin the world is overtaken by dolphins after lisa frees them from their captivity steve as i said we said this aired in 2000 do you remember this treehouse of horror i do well to be honest with you I do remember the episode, but mostly I remember the dolphin segment. I don't really have big memories for the first two. I just remember at this time, um, you know, this is the year 2000, and we 
you know, this is like when we we're like very like uh, sardonic. Is that the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for? But like, sure, towards, yeah. Towards like like oh, these Halloween specials aren't as good as they used to be, right? Because they were branching out into other things like fairy tales and dolphins, <laughs> and we were expecting a more parodies of like Friday the Thirteenth, which we yeah we we've seen all that crap. So yeah, we're gonna be doing this week, and then next week we'll do the current Treehouse of Horror spoilers. Yeah, so. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're nice. not supposed to know. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm supposed to guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, or by the pinball machine. Yeah. Oh, was I supposed to say what? What do you think the synopsis are? Where? No, we're gonna we're being actually honest on this this uh, yeah. outro here. So no more uh, fakies. We're just no gonna... more fakies. We'll be really right now. Yeah. We'll go back to the 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 guffaws. The goofums. Yeah. Um. After 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 next yeah. week. All right. Well, Steve, I enjoyed uh, uh, watching this with you and reviewing it. I'm glad we had a a, a nice discourse on it. We yeah, both it was weren't, uh, sucking ass of uh, Matt Selman. No, it was a it was a good discussion. And did say sucking ass of Matt Selman? You did say that. Yeah, <laughs> this will be the one episode he listens to. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? These guys are weird ass pieces of shit. Yeah, <sighs> I want to go on the Doughboys and complain about them. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, I guess we should just go home. Probably. Um, enjoy your uh, vacation away from me. Thank you so much. I'll enjoy it more than you'll ever know. <laughs> but you know what I also enjoy is hmm. you listeners out there to contact us on social media like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at 13Simpsons or uh, buying something on our T Public site, which is tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. Yeah. And hey, you can always email us at 13Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, you're to your favorite podcasting app and leave us five stars or the equivalent, but you don't need to write a real review, you can just uh, tell us uh, your intern story nightmares. All right. For this week, I've been annoyed grunt boy Craig. And I've been annoyed grunt boy Steve. And remember, good luck, Mom. We love you. Wait, I don't even get this. I'm going to wrangle me up a nap. When's this show on again?